0: This is the Drive In Podcast. Take one. Big bada boom. Welcome to episode 123 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our review of the MCU's 29th film, Thor, Love, and Thunder, along with our MCU movie Tears. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 123 of the Drive-in Podcast. Howdy duty, welcome to episode one, two, three of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn. As usual, to start, I'm joined by the one and only my co-host, my best friend, MCU Aficionado, Ricky Flicks. How are you, Flicks? Uh, what have you been watching, dude?
1: Man, it's it's been a weird weekend, huh? You have the Stranger Things, you have the boys season finales, right? And then you have Thor Love and Thunder, right? So it's like, huh, what are we doing here? And me at 2 a.m. one night, I just decided, you know what? Let's just turn on True Detective Season 1. You're on, <laughs> your, just...
0: you're on your TV grind right now. We all have been.
1: I think I was just desperate to see a great, another great season of television. And I didn't want to start something new and risk it, waste my time. I tried to restart Better Call Saul as in I finished season four, I want to say. And I just never have gotten back into it. it. Just took so long to get like into the I don't know. I just I don't know. Too a little too slow for me. I will finish that series somehow. Probably after the season finale. I was planning on trying to finish or get caught up before the season, which premieres tonight, July 11th. The season finale or season episode one of the season finale series finale but I just didn't do it. So true detective. I started again,
0: never got into better call. Saul. I don't know if I ever will, to be honest, I I like breaking bad a lot. I'm not one of those crazy people who just insists it's the greatest show of all time and shoving it down other people's throats, like in just claiming that it is, uh, I am a big true detective guy though. And that is probably, probably the most rewatchable season of television, along with probably the greatest like cinematic feel a television series has ever had, you know, uh, I, I know we have Jody Foster with the next True Detective season, right? I forgot what the it was what was the name of it again? There's some, it's, it's like it's like something country.
1: Yeah, it's something country. Um hmm, I'll
0: look it up real quick. True detective colon something, which makes me nervous about the show with the extended mm-hmm. title. Do you got it? Uh hmm. It's not uh, bad country or something like that.
1: Why isn't there a name?
0: In sure Texas no season name.
1: four, I did name Night Country. Night Country,
0: I knew it was something like that. Okay, well, uh, yeah, so I, I I think I've dabbled back into that season, I want to say three or four times, three or four times. But uh, it seems like we've had an extreme, just like onslaught of TV between Obi Wan Kenobi, the boys. It's just uh, like Better Call Saul, like, has has made a a big push, I would say, uh, over these last couple months. And then obviously, Stranger Things is taking the world by storm. Own social media right now. Seems like everything that comes out about an actor or whatever, you it's just going to do numbers on social media, specifically on Twitter. Seems like the Joseph Quinn guy who plays Eddie Munson, that guy is just destined to be like the biggest star on the planet at this point. He's got Doja Cat asking for his number. All right. Noah Schnapp, Docs, and Doja Cat online. For anyone who saw that. Uh, But, yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I've been watching, Ricky Flux. I've been on the TV grind as well. I crushed something I've I've been meaning to watch for a long time. You know I'm a big HBO guy. Uh, This is more for the audience because I actually talked to you about this over uh, a barbecue yesterday. I actually crushed season one of Euphoria. And that's another one that's like, it's going to go down. It's probably the most watched show just based on the young demographic. It seems like they're very much obsessed with Zendaya and uh, like the happenings of that show. I got to say overrated. I'm just going to say it now. Uh, I don't, I don't, I think many people would agree with the sentiments I have for it. Just over dramatized uh, Zendaya. She's great, but someone's crying every five minutes in that show. Like, I think the the acting's pretty unbelievable for like younger actors, but like, it's, it feels like it's the same thing that happens over and over again. It's a drug overdose. It's a, a kid yelling at a parent. It's someone breaking up with their boyfriend. Someone cheating on their girlfriend. But also, the writing of the show is subpar in my opinion i've only seen season one but the writing is very subpar like you have like 16 year olds that like one 16 year old who's blackmailing like four different characters and then another character is like blackmailing the 16 year old who's blackmailing three people blackmailing three people the dad and the moms are getting blackmailed everywhere like honestly you could just retitle this whole show blackmail and i'd be okay with it but uh i would say writing very unbelievable over dramatized but I can't I, – for some reason, I can't stop watching it. I started season two today.
1: I guess that's – that's. Uh, even though it might not seem great, it's got you, though.
0: It's got me. I think it's the Zendaya aspect. There's young and exciting actors. Cindy Sweeney's like, taking the world by storm right now. Jacob Elordi, he was in Deep Water. He's, like, the villain of the show. I didn't know he's going to have such a big role. I thought he was just, like, a pretty face in the show. Um, but, yeah, and then as the dude from Grey's Anatomy, and, like – some weird, weird characters in this show. Like the way, like, like there's no way I would ever let my kid watch this show. Like if you are a father or a mother and will let your teenager, like sub 16, watch that show. Like you have no idea what you're getting them into. Like it, it it's like, obviously like euphoria gets this reputation as being, Oh my God, it's so over the top. And it's so it's unrealistic for like kids this age well, it's unrealistic until like so many people watch it that it becomes realistic, you know? And so it's like, and right now I would compare it like the over-dramatization. It's like a couple steps down in real life, but I can see the parallels they're making. Well, also, the show turns me off a little bit. It's very woke. It's They're very much like uh, social justice-based a lot of the time and uh, it's trying to make a lot of exclamations about like society today, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes I think they're really pushing it as an agenda, like away from the story, just trying to like shove it to their audiences, but it's worth watching. I would say for Zendaya, um, the person who plays uh, the, uh, what's her, uh, I forgot the character's name, the one who has a relationship with Rue, who is a Zendaya character. Uh, she's also unbelievable trans actor. Um, and I think she's going to be, I think she's got cast in the, Hunger Games prequel as like young Tigris or something like that. So yeah, she's also been unbelievable. I also like. I think as I'm watching season two, I think Fez, who's played I think uh, by this dude, I forgot what the guy's name is, but uh, he was the guy who was really high at the Oscars or the Golden Globes. Remember that? No, not you seen at that all. video? He's like getting interviewed and he's just like high off his balls, like he's just he's just way out of it. But uh, I think that that guy's gonna be an all time like. HBO side character. He's like he's like the Jesse Pinkman of the show, but dumber. But uh, he, he's is very very likable. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been crushing. You gonna watch that at all or what? I will
1: someday. I don't know when. I don't know. That was one of the shows I was debating. Like, do I start Euphoria right now? And I was on HBO Max. It's like I was, True Detective was staring me at the face. I was on a Russ Cole like accidental YouTube binge uh, like, earlier that week, and I was just like, damn it. I got to do it once a year. Might as well start now. So True Detective Season 1 once again. I
0: I also turned on uh, Lord of the Rings last night, just anticipation of the Rings of Power. The trailer's coming out. I do want to crush the trilogy again, and then I'm going to watch The Hobbit in preparation for the Rings of Power. I want to do both of those trilogies, like do justice. I am firmly cemented by the idea that the Lord of the Rings is the greatest trilogy ever made. And I'm pretty set in stone about it. I, like, the only one that I would really think rivals it was The Dark Knight. Uh, and I think The Dark Knight Rises, after re-watching that a couple months ago, really cements the fact that it's just not as good as uh, Lord of the Rings. It doesn't have the epicness to it. And it's, it's like, it feels so majestic, the, like the vastness of the characters, and like I'm a big Aragorn guy. I could watch that. I could watch Viggo Mortensen play that character all day, and uh, like the different types of characters, different types of beings, and just like the, the Odyssey like journey that they go on. Like I, I think it's truly like one of the greatest feats in the history of movies.
1: I, I think you're right. Just by the quality across the three, I think a lot of trilogies you don't have the same quality across all three movies what are we thinking of right away you think of the godfather godfather part three so it's it's the three quality movies across the helm what brings it down for people i would say is that you just have your lord of the lord of the rings people and then people that are just so anti lord of the rings they don't want to watch that they don't want to watch a three hour movie three straight times you know what i mean
0: but it's so smart that they shot them all at once that's so genius Genius. just like the script is already there same age right the continuities there, the same directors there, everyone looks the same throughout the three movies. You don't have to worry about people aging, contract disputes, all this stuff. We're just gonna crank out three movies in a historic, like set. You know where it's like like where where were they again? Were they New Zealand? New Zealand, I, where, I think. I think it was New Zealand. But like the fact that they were going through these harsh conditions for such a long period of time, and then churned out like two Academy Award nominated for best picture. You have one who basically swept the Oscars with Return of the King. And you could argue like the, the, two, ta- the, 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 the two Towers is arguably like right on par with the first one it, or even Return of the King. Like if you look at like the, I guess the quality of those movies, they're almost all in the same par. And it was just like, it was getting its due by winning for Return of the King. Literally could have won best picture for any of those movies.
1: Yeah, I would have to go back through the years, but yeah, like you could say the same thing for all three. You're right,
0: and like the I could, I I would argue like the two towers, like the final battle scene is like arguably the best scene in the history of Lord of the Rings with Gandalf going down, Gandalf the White. Like that is the most epic movies get. It doesn't get any more crazy, any more epic. We
1: did like most epic top billing like from movies that would be drafted
0: probably glorious, just absolutely glorious. Gandalf, Ian McKellen, hair in the wind. Chef's kiss. But, yeah, I fell asleep 10 minutes in watching it last night. We'll try and give it another go yes. today. So, game plan today. We got to review Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to go non-spoilers and spoilers. We're going to give you the Rotten Tomatoes, the to IMDb, and then we'll give you the synops- synopsis, and uh, we'll break it all down for you. So, let's get to it, Ricky Flex. Rotten Tomatoes has Thor Love and Thunder at 67%, okay, with the critic score. 81% audience score. IMDb currently has it 7.0 out of 10. Synopsis reads... Thor Love and Thunder finds Thor on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. But his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore, the God Butcher, who seeks the extinction of the gods to combat the threat. Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to Thor's surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer Mjolnir as the mighty Thor together they uh, embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. Ricky Flicks, this is the 29th entry into the MCU, the latest in Phase 4 of the MCU. What were your initial thoughts upon watching Taika Waititi's latest?
1: I had the most roller coaster of a ride on this movie and I'm not saying roller coaster is in good. I mean it had its ups, it's it had its downs. You know what I mean like it's there was some moments where I'm like damn this movie rocks like literally rocks great soundtrack like this movie's awesome. And there's other moments just like what are we doing? Like little tr- this is where like the mar- like for a Taika about TD film a film like someone that has like kind of like started like oh directors have that creative freedom at Marvel. You just didn't know it until Taika he kind of like started it. There's like some where I was like this has Doctor Strange vibes to it. Like this has that Marvel vibe to it where it's kind of too raunchy, too zany, too in your face. And like there's two CGI issues. Like I know you had bigger issues with those than me, but that you definitely had those obvious ones, right? And then had like you, I would say Christian Bale was good. I think is a little overplayed on the internet right now. I don't think he was that good. And it's not because of him. I would say just a lack of screen time and lack of true development post-first scene of the movie, non-spoiler. I Think there again ups and downs. There was the good and there was the bad.
0: I have similar sentiments uh, regarding this movie. I'm still not sure if I like it or I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I'm still. It, it had aspects where you're like, "Wow, this could have been on the same on, on the same level as Ragnarok," but then it has other moments where Taika Waititi's being Taika Waititi almost too much. Where there's like it almost gave me a feeling. Ricky Flex as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two where it tried to play upon the beats of the previous movie, just like this one would play the beats on Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, playing upon the same beats, and it's just not hitting the same. I think that's made primarily because like we've seen these type of like moments before, a lot of this zaniness, but it feels like they're ramping it up a little bit here. It almost feels like Thor is even more unrecognizable from his initial stint in Thor and Thor the dark world and the original Avengers and age of Ultron. It just seems like it was interesting because you have like Jane Foster coming into this world who was more like with the Shakespearean Thor, the initial Thor one that didn't crack jokes. And now she's being thrown into a world with King Valkyries introduced who is introducing uh, Ragnarok cord um, during Ragnarok and this new Chris Hemsworth. So you got an interesting like chemistry of characters and Chris Hemsworth. I don't think I, took him seriously for one second of this movie, other than the parts where he's facing Gore the God Butcher. That's literally the only moment where I actually took him seriously. I almost think it's almost crossing a line to this point, like is it too much? Maybe we need a little bit more of a serious Thor, an aging Thor, because it seems like he's getting more immature over time for some reason.
1: Yeah, and this is non-spoilers, right? I just
0: Yeah, non-spoilers to start.
1: Okay, so I can't refer to some scenes, but... There's, like, moments where, like, if we're comparing to Ragnarok, just, like, the stakes are high. But you're just not taking it seriously or they're not communicating the stakes well at all. And it's because of the jokes. Where, like, in Ragnarok, it's like this, you know the stakes, right? you know how big they are. But the comedy is so interwoven so much better than this movie. And it's just so much more genuine. This one's just so forced. And, again, like, I think... it was also like Natalie Portman. I don't think she was bad, but comedic wise, I would say she was pretty bad. In my opinion, I don't think she jived well with the, with the jokes, with the comedic jokes or jive in this movie, the vibe. I think in the serious parts, she was good. I think the serious chemistry with like the serious parts with Chris Hemsworth was good as well. But I think just like when she actually had to like go off of Tessa Thompson, I just didn't think that worked. Yeah, let's talk all. about her. I just, I really didn't, and I think that there were some mistakes just throughout the movie with the with the tone, in particular. And there's so many different storylines that were all serious, but none were taken seriously until the very end. And it's like, wait, what just happened? Like, oh, the world's about to end. Wait, (laughs) really? I was like, oh, I was just complete and thrown in a complete loop, Doctor.
0: I think let's talk about Jane Foster because like her reappearance in this movie was such, uh such a buzz like you know with uh the comic-con and the trailers when she's making her appearance she's gonna be lady thor she's gonna be wielding mjolnir in this movie and it's after like we thought that we would never see natalie Portman in the mcu after thor the dark world she's the one who wanted to have patty jenkins direct patty jenkins gets fired and therefore like she has this like antagonistic relationship with marvel and doesn't really want to reappear somehow finds her way back in avengers endgame and then we have a juicier story to tell with a newer comic book run where uh jane foster becomes lady thor. I think she doesn't fit with taiko Waititi's version of this character. And I think that she like I love Natalie Portman. I love her in Star Wars, I love her in Black Swan, I love her in most things. But I would say her as a comedic actor is not something I'm accustomed to. And it's clear that like, she's not accustomed to that. Like, like I don't know how many comedies she's done. She's done a rom-com with the no strings attached with Ashton Kutcher. Remember that one? (laughs) Shout out P.K.O. She loves that movie. But uh, I don't think like, I found her jokes to be the most cringy out of anyone's like at Chris Hemsworth. I don't, as Thor, I didn't find many of his jokes cringy. I just felt like it was, they were unnecessary. Like they were hitting a little bit and there there was something they left. They, there was different levels of how funny they were. And then a lot of times, like on a scale, like Jane Foster's jokes were hitting a zero. Like when she was talking about like having a catchphrase, I thought that was like the dumbest thing I've seen in an MCU movie in so long. So bad. bad. Like, I I don't know how Taika Waititi was such a, a, I would say a, a good gauge on what's funny and what's not. He'd be like, they cut out so many parts of that this movie. There's There's been rumors of like a four-hour cut that exists in this movie. We're going to talk about that in a sec. But I just don't think she fit into this new type of Thor. It would be better off if she was left in the dust a little bit. We maybe didn't need to see this story. Um, but I guess it, it jives with this theme of love and loss like throughout this movie. Um, so I guess I understand why she's there. I just didn't think it was executed that well.
1: Yeah, at all. I really don't. I think that one of the things, I talked about stakes. I think one of the stakes that was good, that actually was communicated well, probably the only one that was probably communicated well, was the Jane Foster storyline. And I'm not going to mention it to since we're non-spoiler. The writing
0: was solid for it.
1: I would say that's probably the only one that was written well, in my opinion. I just think that <sighs> Natalie Portman fitting in this movie was not the play. It wasn't and it's nothing against her it's just i just don't think that's her style
0: i i that that storyline like when, when the end of the movie the final act comes and a certain decision is made at the end of this movie Like i think it was a fitting like uh ending for the character in this like uh, this, the arc in this movie i i think it was written well i just don't think her performance like it just wasn't well. Like Natalie Portman didn't belong, yeah, in the comedically with the rest of these characters. Right.
1: and I think, and I think just to jump in here, that the chemistry, with Chris Hemsworth and her, when it was seri- about that storyline, I thought that was good. I thought that chemistry was good. It's just the comedy, the punchline, and everything. It just it's clear that one was meant for it, one wasn't.
0: And I, I think we should talk about Jane Foster's counterpart here, her ex. We should talk about Thor a little bit with Chris Hemsworth. This is his franchise's fourth run. Uh, as a thor in a thor solo movie uh i think we have to talk about where he left off from Endgame. like he is uh obviously a little bit overweight and uh he's with the guardians of the galaxy i guess let's talk about where he picks up from here uh he's back into buff shape obviously it's not a spoiler it's in the trailers and everything he's working with the guardians but the guardians don't seem to like welcome Thor, and they they seem like they, they're kind of pushing him away by the beginning of this movie. I guess, what do you think about the beginning of the interactions here? We, we got to bring up how the Guardians of the Galaxy are morphed into this movie. Do you think Tycho was successful with it?
1: I particularly didn't like it, and it's not because of what happens. I actually don't mind it. I just didn't think that the Guardians... I don't know. I didn't like... I didn't love them in this. Like, I usually do, right? Like, it wasn't the same feel. I, d-
0: I think Chris Pratt looked really, like, skinny for some reason he didn't look like the regular star lord his hair looked like really dirty like it just it looked like he was there really quick and wanted to bounce really quick uh the comedic elements really were seen i guess towards the middle of this movie that i really enjoyed i was a little disappointed by the chops that the guardians of the galaxy gave i didn't love the beginning of this movie too because i had some cgi issues i thought there was like there was some obviously there was like a great jean-claude van damme moment with thor fighting and he does the split at the beginning but other than that like i like i didn't like the way that stormbreaker looked in this movie how he was wielding it i i never liked that stormbreaker look in terms of cgi it, look, it looks like he's throwing like a like a marshmallow in the air it just looks so fake but uh i just that whole first 15 minutes it, to me i was shaky from the start like from that like i wasn't confident in what i was going to see for the rest of the movie it actually improved from that point for me
1: well the the first 15 minutes like the how about the very first scene it's like we didn't see a lot of trailers we saw like two trailers and all of a sudden like it like went into the movie and we didn't even know it that was like the weird like such a weird start to a movie ever like nobody knew that the movie was starting
0: yeah, that was that was true, but that was a theater's fault for sure. Like the lights weren't going down or anything, and there was no Marvel intro. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, right the Marvel now? intro like,
1: was after it. Like it was like, "Oh, is this another trailer? Like is this is an Avatar? Like what is going on?" That was very weird, and I thought my vibe was already off for that. And that was like probably the most serious moment of the movie. It was the first actual scene. Um, but yeah, I agree. I the CGI I didn't have as much of an issue with. I think I was just because I think because we're this topic is Chris Hemsworth. His screen presence is just like, it's still there. To me, it's like, it's there. I cannot take my eyes off him. And it's not because of his amazing looks. I just think he captures the screen at like an A-lister. He's an A-lister. He's He is Thor. And I love him as Thor. I re- I really didn't have a problem with this in this movie. I more think it's like the writing about the the story, really, of this movie was more of my issue. Wasn't necessarily <clears throat> him.
0: I, I, I think it's the writing for me, too, because... I wish he took himself a little bit more seriously. Like he is like, and I think by the end of this movie and the way it ends, we'll get into the spoilers. I think Tycho wants you to think that he has matured, right? That he is getting better, but like he looks older in this movie. Like he, like if you look at like the first Thor compared to how he is now, like in his face, like he is, He's wrinkled up right now. Like he is really on the back half of this, like, like MCU run that he's on. It's clear. But if you see, by the way, he's acting. He's acting like as if it was like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and the way those characters acted, they don't know how to be a hero, right? So just to me, it's just I would I would have thought there'd be a little bit more growth since Ragnarok. It felt like I was watching the same character for the most part. But like I, I think thought during, it was more during during Ragnarok. He was more serious towards the second half compared to this movie. And I like see the, the same- final act. I want to say the
1: same point in the sp- like what I was trying to say, but no spoilers. But he is not nearly as much of a leader or as serious in this movie than he is in Ragnarok. You
0: thought in Ragnarok, it's oh, it like makes taking sense a after step Thor. back as a leader.
1: He, it's you know like you take a step forward and two steps back. No, like in Ragnarok, he took twenty steps forward. You know, saves the his own. like well, he doesn't save his planet, but he saves his people, right? Like Asgard's its people. He realizes that, learns from his father. Moves forward, sets up a new co- a colony or whatever space on Earth, and then just because he doesn't save Loki, he loses Loki, he loses everybody, and he turns fat because he didn't save half the world, doesn't kill Thanos. It's like, oh, he takes a thousand steps backwards because of that. No, he learned from his dad, and he's a leader of Asgard. No, they made him into a joke, and they did it by making him fat the start, and it's just gone off the rails from there.
0: I think also, like, this movie, like, this is a huge arc that he's been on. Like, from Ragnarok, it felt like they almost ignored the first two Thor movies. Okay, we're going to start from Ragnarok and create a new arc where it goes from this new type of Thor from Ragnarok to Infinity War to Endgame. And now we're going to Thor Love and Thunder. It felt like Thor's arc kind of felt like it ended after Endgame. Just because this movie felt so secluded and so far apart from the MCU, it just felt like this was like a one-part a one part comic, right? We're going to throw this in just so we can have Chris Hemsworth back until there's the next ensemble movie, or then we can just think of something better for Thor 5. And we have to take advantage of the fact that Natalie Portman is willing to return because there were no further connections to any of the MCU in this movie. There is rarely any Easter eggs. There is a post-credit teaser that might lead into the next Thor or maybe give another character their own series. But to me, this goes on with, like, we saw Moon Knight as a TV show that very much felt standalone, even more so than Thor Love and Thunder. Although this movie has, like, multiple, like, a universe type of consequence or stakes, right, with Gore the God Butcher, it doesn't feel that way a lot of the time. I think that's also due to the short runtime, and it's due to the fact gore the god butcher, we don't see him do much butchering of the gods, you that's know, a
1: huge <laughs> drawback to this movie. So,
0: yeah, so I think we'll talk about gore in a sec, but it just felt like everything it, it moved fast, which is fine, it's a comedy, but to the point where like you're just not showing audiences enough. That's my issue. Because like that's where you could have done so much more and taken advantage of a villain like Gore, the God butcher, or explore these different planets and explore the vastness of the universe of the MCU that we brag about. And I like to almost see like a little bit more of a direction of where we're going or what's going to be introduced in the future. This is very much only concerned with Thor. You know,
1: use as much as Gore, the God uh, villain, like Gore. How about use as much as maybe the greatest actor on the planet, Christian Bale? Like what on earth are you thinking? You are lucky. We remember when this news came out, we were freaking out. He kind of like, like, like Kate Blanchett, like she becomes Hella, like that's like crazy. Like, we were like, what? That's so weird. Like, similar level,
0: Blanchett Bale.
1: Yeah. But then when Christian Bale literally comes on, like, that is literally game changing. A method actor decides to come on for an MCU film. Like, that's after being Batman. That's insane. And the lack of screen time isn't just asinine. It's disrespectful, I think. It, I think it's absolutely disrespectful. Christian Bell doesn't care. This is paycheck, whatever. Whatever he says is a paycheck, clearly from this movie. He's the only one that actually took things seriously for the most part on screen. And to give him the lack of screen time, like, I think that's just... Imagine you get Leo in a movie as a side character, and he's never given him a screen time. Like in Django, imagine he was only in a few scenes. Like, that's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Um... Christian Bale has been kind of funny, like through this, like these press tours, where he's been like just saying pretty much whatever's on his mind. He has no care for the MCU. He doesn't know the stakes. He doesn't know like the restrictiveness that Kevin Feige wants out of like these actors at points. And he, uh, Christian Bale, has said that they left a lot in the cutting room floor of Gore. And uh, I think because of those comments, people are asking for a longer cut. And then what Tyka's is saying, there will not be a director's cut because a lot of times director cuts are not going to be as good as the original. I don't. Sorry, believe them, by the way. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, Zack Snyder's is pretty much like one of the few instances where the director's cuts better, but that's a whole, that's based on a variety of reasons. And there's going to be other examples too. Like I get that. Like, and oh, you can, you can make multiple like Zack Snyder movies that are actually better with the director's cut, you know, and talk about Batman versus Superman. But I honestly think Christian Bale, when he was on screen, his performance lacked everybody here. Like when like Chris Hemsworth is almost like too much into the Thor character, the zaniness of it. He's just off in comedic, like la la land. Natalie Portman doesn't really fit into this movie as well, like we discussed the comedic chops there. Valkyrie does well, doesn't really have the screen time, but I think she does really well in the performance she, she needs to do. I don't think she struggled. I think she understood her her role here. And I like actually I like I liked her dynamic also with Natalie Portman in this movie as Lady Thor. Korg, just a comedic element. Russell Crowe, we'll get to him. But Gore, like he had – if he had more screen time, he'd be in talked for the greatest villain in MCU history. He'd be re- reaching that upper echelon with Loki, uh, Thanos, I think – I, I really, and like Killmonger. I think he – in Vulture. Uh, I think he could have been up there with more screen time. Like he – had first of all a motivation the audience can understand. He was menacing. Uh, I think Taika did a great job with the visuals for uh, the gore, of the God Butcher scenes, the black and white, the ominous like type of setting. Whenever he was on screen, the the like he almost looked like Danny DeVito and like Batman Returns with the ooze coming out of his mouth. He was like telling that story to the kids, and he's like he's he's actually pretty funny in some moments, and then he's also just he, he's great at those like villain to hero conversations that villain to hero let me tell you my plan whenever when like thor valkyrie and uh lady thor are kind of tangled up at the moment and then he's just like laying it down for him and then he he also talks about his motivations like he talks about how he's a god butcher and he's talking to valkyrie like hey like why are you sticking up for gods god's deserted you like it makes like the audience wonder like for a second yeah like, why the heck is Valkyrie fighting on behalf of these gods and everything but you understand the relationship with Thor and everything? But did you get the did you get the sense that like the motivations and like the overall like the writing of the character and the acting? It was just I think it was on it's up there with the elite, like, I guess, just shy of that, 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 uh, that level. And I would MCU?
1: say that like you had a great like, this is a courtroom. You had a great opening debate here. And like you, you lay out, like the motivation, like you, you got that. You got the actor, you got the director that's given him that look and that appeal to the audience saying, This guy it has that it factor to be a great MCU villain. But it's not just the screen time. Like, I think that along with the screen time, I think it's just like I didn't get enough, like, besides like the one on ones. I don't know, like, That's all we really got. He
0: disappears in the second act of the movie. He's just not there.
1: I just don't think that there's a, besides that the one-on-one battles, which is like, it's an action movie at the end of the day. That's what we came here for. So you got to get that right first and foremost. But after that, it's like, I don't, besides the kid scene, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. So I just don't like, I actually can't, I think there is actually no other scene, no spoilers, but with him in the movie, except the first
0: scene of the movie. It's just like, that's crazy. It to me it was clear that they left out some scenes of him slaying gods, and I think they were maybe a little bit nervous about the runtime, like the latest reputa- reputation of the MCU, like making sure like uh, people are going to go to the theater and not not want to walk out of it. I guess and like the, like I guess there's been a lackluster performance obviously from Phase Four, but it just seems like we need to see the God Butcher butchering some gods, like because overall he killed like two gods from like yeah. on screen, and.
1: Uh- Another thing that was funny just because we mentioned the runtime, I don't know if we'll be able to talk about it again so I want to mention this. So after the movie I get home and like I usually write down notes like some of my notes here is like too raunchy, gore good creepy <laughs> tone issues. And then one thing oh, I wrote down, another story yeah then one one thing I wrote down was felt jumpy at times. I thought the editing was pretty poor like pretty poor at, at moments. And then you hear these moments saying, or Tycho's saying that there's a four and a half, or people saying there's a four and a half hour director's cut. And then Tycho's saying that, no, this was the best version of the film. I don't believe him one second. That this movie that I could tell it's jumpy. I could tell there's editing issues. There's no flow. There's a lot of flow issues. And they're saying, he's saying that this is the best product he can do. And there's reports of a four and a half hour cut. At least make it a three hour cut or a two hour, 30 minute cut. So that it flows better. I just don't believe him. For so
0: one a, a couple things here, like uh, I know Tyke has said, like they wanted to make a family-friendly like picture, which makes me think they cut a lot of Gore the God Butcher scenes because, like, there was times where he, you really felt like he could have gone over the line and he could have been that dark, almost PG thirteen R rated character that almost he looks like he's designed to be. You know, uh, what else was I gonna say? Um, I had something. I had something else about like the runtime. They uh, had to cut,
1: they had to, they had to cut oh those. so
0: like why no no no. The, you mentioned the editing's like jumpy and everything i think also because you have so many different tones that are clashing in this movie like the, like you are looking at like the dark and ominous almost feels like a horror movie sometimes you're looking at core the god butcher you're looking at a romantic comedy when it's with thor and lady thor you got like some great action sequences like when it's uh gore facing like the big three and then other times it's just a straight up zany comedy you know and then it just throws in the mcu flair so it really did feel like i think the jumpiness it's just like so many different types of movies are being are colliding at one time for this one and then when it's such a short runtime, it's just like you feel like everything's just being thrown at you as a member of the audience
1: yeah that's a really good point i actually i think i might agree with that that's a really good point
0: um I do want to get to another performance before we keep on moving here and almost get to the spoiler section. I want to talk about Russell Crowe as Zeus. This is someone that in our predictions that we mentioned for, for love and thunder. How do you think Russell Crowe did? What do you think of the Greek accent as uh him as Zeus?
1: I actually thought he was pretty good. I thought that his presence was good. I thought that he was having, you could tell that, yep, he was here for a short amount of time, but he was going to, put his style on it, make sure he had fun with the role. But the accent I thought pissed me off. I think, like, dude, you have a you have an Oscar for playing like not a God, but a gladiator and like that Roman Empire like feel. Like bring that to this role and that's all you had to do. Like you could do the raunchiness and the whatever, the jokes, but the accent just threw me off and the comments, the jokes in it threw me off. Uh there's a there's one glaring one that was way overplayed um and i'm not gonna spoil it i think that's my thoughts like he was it was good but like kind of overdone maybe
0: i'm gonna be honest i didn't like it <laughs> like I I, I I i some people are i also know a couple of like reviews on this movie and people liked him a lot i i can't agree like i just didn't like his accent whatsoever um I kind of like the approach to it though because he kind of goes with that type of character that Gore is trying to kill and he's like the antithesis of what like uh Tycho wants the audience to think Thor is so I get that and like like I like the dynamic where Thor is like basically saying that he is the athlete on the wall when he was growing up like he wanted to be like Zeus like that god and uh I just the accent turned me off it all like I couldn't get like um i couldn't get tom hanks out of my head from colonel parker and elvis and i was watching him speak i was like another iconic actor trying to sport an accent that i'm just not buying and it, it just i it, i didn't love it i didn't love
1: did, it did tom hanks and elvis ruin thor god love and thunder and russell crowe for dr o no yeah
0: uh, <laughs> that's what i was thinking for a second though i just but like I, the, the jokes i guess were okay but once again you couldn't go tense like Suze couldn't go 10 seconds without saying a joke. You didn't take him seriously for literally a second of his entire like moment. Right. that, that entire sequence when they're on Mount Olympus.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point too. I, I actually think that you're right, but I think that overall, like it goes back to what you were saying. It's like, what's the point of this movie? We're killing gods. Why are we killing gods? Cause gods aren't good people. He's the king. He's the God of gods and he's not a good person. I think they did that well. And yes, I thought it was, he was, a bit annoying with some of the jokes accent was awful, but I think he did his job like very well. I, th- I really do think that I, I just think that yes, will I cringe with that accent and some of the jokes? Yes, I will. But I think at the end of the day, he gets his point across and what Taika wanted. Uh, I will also say though, during that scene that was pissing me off. Cause like, that's when like, that's like, Oh, Thor is serious again. And he's like a Ragnarok Thor, but it's like, wait, but the rest of the movie he's not. That's again, like all right, we needed a more serious Thor Ragnarok Thor in this, not just all jokes and comedy because that is a thought-
0: moment where he got serious. You're right. Like that was a moment where it's like, okay, now it's time to get down to business. Like this is what I stand for. This is where we're going. We need your help, things like that. I agree.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I do wish also, like talk about short runtime. like if you're on a different planet, like one of the best parts of Thor Ragnarok is their time on Sakaar. And uh, the time they spent there, like we go to Mount Olympus and we're there for such a limited amount of time. You have the one interaction, pretty much they're out of there. There's no exploration whatsoever. It just feels like, okay, we did our job. We're going somewhere else now. Like like Sakaar and like the, I know like you were, it was all pretty much taking place in that one Coliseum, but you spent a lot of time getting, to you know, characters. Like, and you got to know like um, uh, the, what's his name? Goldblum. What's he, the what master? He's the grand master. grandmaster. Grandmaster. And like Loki's there, and like Hulk's Tessa there, Thompson. Tessa Thompson introduction of characters. You're going around like the you,
1: city. Like
0: you could have done like more, I think, with that world. I, I feel like it. They were just in and out. Okay, we just we have a job to do. But like that wasn't. But that was like one of the best parts about like Thor Ragnarok. It's just like going to this whole different planet we haven't seen before and doing something with it that like is fun. To me, it was just like okay, let's go watch Russell Crowe be an idiot for ten minutes, and let's get out of here.
1: Exactly. I had the same point, but I had a different spin on it where I compared it to Ragnarok, too. Like you got to see the city, the parades, dedication to the Hulk. You're flying through the city like you're seeing everything in Ragnar- Uh, on that in there. It's a car. But like in here, it's like, what did they do that with? They did it with New Asgard, the tourist as a joke. Of course, it's not genuine. It's not like as, yeah, it's not as genuine as in Ragnarok. It is just really not. And then I do like what they did with the Shadow Realm. And the different color schemes, but it's like, okay. that
0: to me was so spectacular. I think visually, that was the best thing they did in this movie.
1: Right. It's just, but it's just, I just found it so weird. It's like that's the exact opposite of what Tyka is with Thor. What he brought to Thor, the vibrance of it, what like Mount Olympus is, or like what in Ragnarok was in Asgard and Sakaar. So I just thought that was very odd. Where like the best part of this movie was when they didn't have any colors.
0: Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. Um that's so weird. When you think about Taika Waititi, you think about like, obviously you you talked about it, the vibrancy of his movies, but like what they did with the black and white. And then also like the black and white, like tonal changes we're talking about. just also feels like, like that's, it, you feel like you're watching almost like Multiverse of Bandits felt like two different movies that when the black and white came in, this felt like it was like its own separate entity. It wasn't related to like the first two thirds of the movie we saw.
1: Like what if they did like, cause like the title, like Thor 11th under the title card, It's so vibrant in itself. What if they did like black and white for that and made this just all like not like an all serious movie, but like made it in like the black and white or something like that. Like, I don't know, like pitched it differently. And then we I don't know. I'm just trying to think of different ideas here because we just like were kind of looking forward like, oh, Taika's like nicks and tricks, right? Like his his thing. And we just never really got a good sense of that. But We got something new, which I liked, and I thought it worked very well.
0: Um, before we move on to the scores and we we're going to talk about Thor's journey coming up Oh, what do you think of the music of this movie I know Immigrant Song and Led Zeppelin but such an important role in Thor Ragnarok i played it multiple times um, that's actually one of my favorite moments in the history of the MCU is when the Immigrant Song is coming in I, I think I actually told you it was my favorite moment in the history of the MCU other than like you think about some moments in Infinity War and Endgame I guess because those are kind of just like on a different stratosphere but like when you have the moment where he's coming down after losing his eye to hella to uh the immigrant song. That's one of my favorite moments ever. What do you think about the use of Guns N' Roses here? Uh and other sound other like I guess uh tracks here.
1: I thought Guns N' Roses was very good. And like it was, of course, like their most well-known songs. So they're always gonna hit, like you know, they're always the ones played on the radio, right? So it was always gonna hit. I thought they were used very effectively, very well. But the song that I've taken away from is during the montage with Jane and thor i loved it and like before i say the song it's like
0: you'll wait for the spoilers i guess
1: yeah like i'm thinking we don't have a song in the summer yet like we haven't gotten one this has been a bad like album year like drake's album sucked like all these albums did not live up to the hype we don't have a song in the summer for 2022 I might be playing the song for the rest of the summer. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't no, we'll know. talk
0: about that. Because I think the montage they do and they're describing because that's a hole in the MCU that was actually filled in, I think, nicely by Taika Waititi in this movie. What happened with Jane and Thor? Like, what, like, all of a sudden you see after Age of Ultron, and then he talks about breaking up in Ragnarok. Like, what the heck happened between those two? It really gets filled in in this movie. I think it does very well. And they did it in a very much, like, romantic comedy type of way it feels like one of the better montages once again felt like another genre being crammed into this movie but it was done very well and almost like it had comedic chops as well chris hemsworth that's probably one of the best acting he did in this movie i would say
1: yeah and it's funny because me and you always talk about on these reviews like how like especially mcu it's like movies struggle to explain things right like doctor Mm -hmm. strange like it really struggled to genuinely explain things like they're in the pizza shop, then they're in the other worlds trying to explain America Chavez and a bunch of other things. They did such a poor job, just genuinely trying to fit it in and make it flow with the script. And you would say like a montage here is a cheap way to do it, but the style and the way Taika does it with this, and then the chemistry between the two Portman and Chem- and Hensburg, it, it, where it like works. it just works. Yeah, it just when really works. When he's more
0: serious, it works yeah. better.
1: And when it and when it shouldn't okay. work, like on paper and like film school, they probably tell you like this is a dumb idea but somehow it just works very well with Taika Waititi.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Uh, I think that was excellently done. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the spoilers. I know I want to talk about the song that they used along with the other like song moments in this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's time that we talk about like Thor's like journey before we get into like our score and our spoiler section, a brief uh, spoiler section before we get to our tears, like Thor, this is fourth solo, John. He's been in every Avenger movie all four Avenger movies. Uh, you assume he's going to be another ensemble movie. Tyke has talked about directing Thor 5 already, saying it would have to be a very unique story. Um, where do you see like Thor popping up again in the MCU? Is he going to get his own solo adventure? Do you see him in an ensemble picture?
1: Uh, poof. This is a tough one, I think. Uh, so let's see. Chris Hemsworth. He's got Extraction 2 coming out. Um, either this year or next year, right? He's got Furiosa coming out now in 2024. He got pushed uh from 2023 to 2024. Maybe a Hulk Hogan biopic at some point. We don't know when, but at some point he's it's gonna get now, Hope. Right? All right, and then you have Taika, all right? These are the two most important people you need. Everyone else will change their schedules around this. So he's got Next Goal wins next year. He's got a Tower of Terror movie, right? Scarlett Johansson's in that, I think. Star Wars. He's got Star Wars, which is 2025. All right, and then he has a couple other like I don't know random ass things that are announced or in pre. He does like
0: Reservation Dogs, like as a producer, uh, executive oh, producer. He's an
1: actor in uh the Shadow. Or what the we do HBO in the Man. Shadows, yeah. and then
0: he does uh, Our Flag Means Death. Like he's a yes. part of a lot of shows too. So it's like he has
1: his hands in so many things. So I'm thinking post 2025, uh, Thor movie.
0: I'm I i do not think he's gonna have his own. I I think the days of Thor having his own solo movie might be done. And why I say that, I think people like this is actually this movie is going to be a little bit of a detriment to like the way, I guess Kevin Feige might view Taika Waititi. It seems like in this Phase Four, Kevin Feige has loosened the reins in terms of like overseeing these projects. He put gave a lot of power to Chloe Zhao at the Eternals. All right, we see how that panned out. We see another example here. With Taiko Waititi having all maybe too much power here, less continuity with the MCU, more about just creating this solo adventure and like letting him take control after a success of Ragnarok. I I think it might be a moment where, like, Thor, like Chris Hemsworth, how many times are we going to see him return to this character? How much more can we see his character go through? He's lost so much through these movies, and you would think, like, Maybe he's on a path where he needs to be in an ensemble picture. Taika, like, I don't think Hemsworth is going to do a movie, a solo movie, if Taika's not directing it. And, like, Taika's talking about if he was to direct a Thor movie, he would talk about, like, doing a road trip movie, almost like what Deadpool, like, Ryan Reynolds was saying. Like, he wants to do, a, like, a, like, a road trip movie with, like, Logan, like, something that would never happen, really, only would happen potentially with Deadpool. Like, Chris Hemsworth, like, no, no one's going to do a Thor movie like that. Like, how much more eccentric can Taika Waititi get with the Thor character within this MCU universe other than the movie we just got like I don't think like we can handle <laughs> like more Taika Waititi and I think Thor is getting like Chris is getting to the point where you just got to wrap it up there's no more phase one heroes left
1: crap I I understand but how did you kill him I don't think you kill him and he's like, not going to age
0: so but then it's something how do you get rid he, of him he, you can bring his arc somehow together again. You can almost like replicate what Tony Stark did at the end of Endgame. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, so, I, like I, I, I don't know. I just don't know like, how it
1: works. He's too powerful. He's too young. Like I, just, I really don't know how it works. Uh, I if think you
0: were, if you want to see it, like test him in terms of power, it's like it makes sense for him to be like a, like the centerpiece of the next major ensemble. Like maybe he's the centerpiece for Secret Wars or something like that. Because he's arguably him and Tom Holland are the biggest stars in the MCU right now. I would
1: say. Yeah, I would agree.
0: Elizabeth Olsen too, even though she's dead technically. Yeah, I guess
1: so. But yeah, that's a good question. I, I just don't see him not having another movie. I know this, I know I get your points, but I just think there's too much, like too much on the line not to have Chris Hemsworth get another proper send off.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if fans are going to be like, okay, a you're back on. I, I think, I think Ragnarok, it's doomed. This movie from the start. By the way, I think it set unrealistic expectations for this movie. Christian Bale as the villain. Lee after Ragnarok. We our expectations. We're literally you're arguably talking about a tier one Marvel movie. We're gonna talk about the Marvel tiers. You're arguably a tier one Marvel with Thor Ragnarok. You add Christian Bale, your returning director, this new type of Thor. Let's try and ramp it up from there. It was doomed from the start, to be honest, in terms of like beating those expectations. So I I, I kind of wanted to temper it as I went in, but it was almost impossible to because like there's just so much talent.
1: Yeah, but then again, like you start hearing like the Rotten Tomato score, audience score, you're hearing word of mouth. It's like my my expectations were tempered going in. If anything, I was like giving it a leeway,
0: to be honest. Yeah. And I'm still to the point where I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I liked it overall or I didn't like it overall. I don't even if feel you... comfortable giving out a score. I or... I, I, I I think I, I have a score. That I think it's going to reflect that. But uh, I think I give a little bit benefit to the doubt to Hemsworth for what he's done to the MCU and how much I like Taiko Waititi, how much I like Ragnarok. But what do you give Thor Love and Thunder, Ricky?
1: This, this ties into the tears. Cause I didn't give a score until I did the tears. And then I was like comparing it to other movies. I'm like, Oh, that's better than this. Oh, this is better than that. And then like what I gave like Dr. Strange and everything. I, I gave it a 64.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I I gave it a 71, 71 for me. I think Christian Bale, man, I honestly think he kind of saved this movie for me. I literally think he was the highlight from a Taika Waititi movie that's so like usually leans on vibrancy. And I I think his performance, I was actually just, I was happy that I was nervous that Bale was going to mail it in and that he was going to be like, Oh, it's a paycheck or whatever. I'm going to, but it almost felt like, I mean, he played Batman against arguably the greatest performance by a actor as a supervillain in history. You got to think like it's going through his head. Like maybe I just got to like turn it on here, show him that I can do this too. And maybe if he had more screen time, he enters that upper echelon in MCU villains. Some I think will even argue he's there right now. I'm telling you.
1: Which is crazy to me. Like he would not be picked in a top billing by me for best MCU villain.
0: You wouldn't get picked. like like the draft we had. You wouldn't pick yeah. him. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you're know, an man. Idiot, bro, hell, a, top, a, ten, a draft, top ten, a top
1: ten MCU villain.
0: Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Performance, yes. Perform like no, I'm just saying. Like, like he's like not better naked. than. He's not better than like Thanos. Obviously, Thanos. Loki's Loki. Like just talk about like fitting into this Marvel Cinematic Universe. I Killmonger. Him. I would say Killmonger is better.
1: Yeah, Michael Kean,
0: better. Um we're already at five. Not it's four. Hella. No, Hella was not better than him.
1: She had the screen time, man.
0: No way, bro. No, she didn't. That was one of my beefs with Ragnarok. I think she did. Uh, that's why i
1: picked her in the top billing that we did
0: dude like literally every time they showed hella i was like just go back to sakar i do not care what i'm seeing on my screen right now christian bale was on the screen i was like let's just keep it on christian bale when it said scourge and hella or i'm going back to sakar bring me back to sakar here christian bale shadow realm look talking to those kids that's different christian bale but like we that's like when you see him that's just presence that's it no, but he's like that. That scene when he's like telling the story to the kids and like scaring the crap out of them—that felt like a horror movie, you know. Like I thought, I think like, that was my, that give was my me Christian Bale over Cape Blanchett, bro. And well, like, dude,
1: I—I I don't think we're done here. Like seriously, yeah. Give me
0: more. Give me more. Give me more. Okay,
1: hold on here. Let me look at my tears.
0: Like Willem Dafoe over him. Willem Dafoe, I would say. The no way, home. You're gonna say Hall over him? No. I got some beefs with Jill Hall. Like, I, I, after he watched some of those, I, I, after
1: doing these tiers, I have my beefs with Far From Home.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I, I, he is top I'll 10.
1: Because I, he's definitely he
0: top, top 10, 10, dude. Because some
1: of these movies don't have good villains. Now I think about it, I think that's an MCU problem at home. All
0: right. I guess just it's crazy thinking about that. Like, some Ultron. Some... I, like, I like Ultron personally, to be honest. I do too.
1: That. I think that, yeah. But it's, that's not like a performance. Though, it's a voice. I think it's different.
0: Bale's top 10.
1: All right, I go into the list. It's right,
0: but it's phase, a tough four, to say. phase it's a, four. Not looking at a list. So I, w- I will tell you, phase four overall, like the movies, like have not been great, but the villains have been okay. Tony so Leung think- was
1: good. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth
0: Olsen. Yep. And you said Tony Leung from uh, Shang Chi, and now we have uh, Spider. We have Willem Dafoe in No Way Home, and now we have Christian Bale. That's very strong villains from the MCU. Usually gets plague with a villain issue but it seems like these villains actually have solid motivations and also yeah, solid
1: actors playing them i was gonna
0: say amazing performances that go with those villains right I, like willem dafoe i can kind of question his motivations a little bit this <laughs> multiverse type of perspective and everything but everybody like, like i think that's what they're getting right movies aren't great overall uh but yeah so 64 from ricky flex 71 from dr O. let's jump into some spoilers Really quick. So this is your warning right now. We're jumping into spoilers for the next five, 10 minutes before we hit our, our Marvel tears. Um, I think Richie Flex, where we should begin is actually the end. Because with this movie, we have Chris Hemsworth Thor, right? Uh we have him ending like they're in eternity, right? This place in the Marvel universe where Gore uh as you Stormbreaker to go to eternity, and he gets one wish. He's going to wish for all the gods to die, but instead he wishes for his daughter to be revived, and then he won't be alive as a result, okay? And so Chris Hemsworth, to his Thor, ends up taking uh, taking care of Gore's child, names her love, and then he loses Jane Foster at the end of the movie. So what do you think of the idea of Chris Hemsworth his Thor becoming a father, right? Going into the rest of his future as uh his as MCU future, I guess.
1: I think it goes to your point saying like maybe this is the end. Or you have like a kid, a buddy cop type of movie, buddy kid movie, father's daughter movie with them, but that doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. So I don't know. I was so confused with the ending, I was I didn't know what was going on for a second. I think the attorney was awful. Um, I thought the actual scene of them, like, I think November rain, like remand, like that was, or whatever was playing the fight. Oh, we're going like, to talk about Rosa's, that scene. That oh, was God. awesome. But then what, right when the, the eternity gates open, I'm just like, I'm at a loss. Is the, is it the end of the world or is it the stakes this high Thor saying he wants to spend the last moments with Jane, but then like, what, like, oh, you want, sh- I was just like perplexed with what was going on. And the stakes were so high, I didn't realize it. Like, this is actually the end. Like, the end end.
0: I kind of thought the movie was kind of simple, in my opinion. Like, it's just like he wants the gods to die. He's going to go there. He's going to wish for the gods to die. Mm -hmm. And then he wants, and he doesn't want his daughter back because his daughter can't have someone to look after her. And so it's like simple, Thor's here, make sure you take care of her, whatever, whatever. And then he takes care of her. But the part that, like, confuses me is like, like Thor is going to look after the God butchers daughter. Like they, to me, there's something just fundamentally wrong about that. I get it. Like you can, like you're putting, you're steering this uh girl down the right path after her father's mistakes. And also you're giving her a second lease on life. But just like to take control of like, gain custody of the supervillain's like daughter, just, it just felt weird to me. It's just like you,
1: like you're she, I guess. Like, did you know my dad? Was he a good person? What's Thor gonna say?
0: Like, he's killed multiple, no. like tens of gods, <laughs> he stole children.
1: Like, no, he's not a good person. Like, what are we doing? Well, like, like then I,
0: again, like, that's again, like, the you think about the motivation of writing in that character. It's like, okay, well, the gods were selfish, did not want to save him, even though they worship, like, the, the Baal and his family worship those gods, like, they act selfishly, and so he. I guess you have to tell that he enacted vengeance on them. That's, that's, that's obviously a tough conversation. right? And like, but That makes me evil.
1: <laughs> right. But no matter what, it's like you do a bad with another bad. Like, no, you're not taught that as a kid. And I will say, I guess like Thor, like, you know, he's like talking about how he throughout the movie, like finding your purpose, his purpose is being a dad. And he's obviously not going to have another love, it seems like. So it's like, okay, how do you incorporate that love throughout? You do it through a child. It makes sense. I just I don't know. It had like a like you were talking about like the actual it just didn't seem right.
0: Yeah, it just it kind of it just felt like an awkward ending to me. Like I just it didn't flow. Um, what else did I want to say? So I think that moment in the final act where the kids like all of a sudden have Thor's powers. I didn't quite understand that. Um, I don't understand how Thor's powers work, I guess, because he just kind of like says, like, here, take my powers and all the kids have super superhuman abilities now. or they've got like, why abilities haven't we now.
1: been doing that before, like going
0: against hella? You know, like- it, it just it just felt so weird to like at that moment. like I love watching in that final act, him come down to November rain and then just like bring hell. And like I love seeing Thor go off like that. But the kids, it was kind of funny to watch them go off. I just didn't understand how they got their powers. I think that's like a little bit of a nitpick by us, but it hasn't happened before in the MCU. Like, why is it all of a sudden happening right now? That's kind of why I was questioning it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Jane Foster coming into the frame, kind of completing that arc, choosing to say, help him save the kids and the world, basically, or the galaxy or whatever, the gods. That made sense. I think that was a good conclusion to her story. I think the one good conclusion that we got was the Jane Foster ending. That's what I was referring to earlier. You agree? And speak.
0: Yeah, I know that that was like a moment where like she came back. I I like I almost felt a little bit of emotion coming on because like when they finally got back together, I felt the awkwardness of them together. It felt like almost they had they they forgot how they forgot the chemistry they had in the first two movies. And, like they, it was just to me it's like when they first met during that battle at the beginning i was just kind of like okay we're the kind of fumbling this right now but like once they like finally had that kiss on the boat and like from there he finds out she has cancer from then on i was like okay now it seems like they finally found their groove heading into the final act but i didn't buy it until that moment and it really did put a nice bow on it at the end like and it felt like that's where chris hemsworth he got he he cut off the zaniness a little bit he cut down the jokes and he's like okay now i have to be in a moment almost like reverting back to older thor where to show like the love i had for this character uh, but speaking on the love like between those two characters how about the abba song during the montage ricky flex what were your thoughts
1: so like, i was mentioning like oh we're playing the most famous guns and roses th- songs throughout works very well especially with this new thor worked incredibly well mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we get our last summer abba like in this movie not one of their most well known, I would say, still a banger, but it's just like what are, whoa, 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 it Taika. Worked take take so it well. easy on us. It worked take so it well, easy. bro. That was arguably the best scene in the movie because of the song. It was unbelievable.
0: I was like I was like singing to myself like when that was happening. I was like, oh my god, like this is this is like, like Taika in his bag right now. Like that just felt like I was like, like it felt like could, I was watching like like, because I said so at the end or something like that. I am not like we watching a legit you rom-com. Could,
1: you could, like, feel that, like, <laughs> you could feel that Taika probably, like, heard that song, like, probably 10 years ago. And he's like, man, I really want to use this in a movie one day. And then he, like, gets this, like, oh, Jane Foster's is coming back. Abba's oh, Montage, in- ABBA, our last song.
0: ABBA bro, is bro. so big in the culture right now, dude. And I think we can all give the Dreams guy on the skateboard credit. It's all his fault.
1: What Fleetwood Mac?
0: The, yeah, the dreams where he's drinking the cranberry juice. Yeah, I think right. it's I think it's his fault. Like he's the reason that it's back in the culture, and then like, "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme" has like, become like a kind of a craze, like good party song, and then they have like the. The angel eyes are just taking over TikTok right now, and then like obviously Edge of seven, oh, Stevie Nicks, like obviously Stevie Nicks, Edge of Seventeen is always just a banger that I put I put on repeat. But it seems like Abba is very much back in the mix right now, which uh, you love to see. You know, love to see it. Abba, unbelievable band. Uh, trying to think of other moments here, Ricky Flex, that we might want to discuss. Well, Any other spoilers? I, oh, we well, oh. goats. Fan of the Goats? Oh, I did like the Goats.
1: The goats They were good. A little too loud for my liking, but good. I loved them. They, will they were also funny. I say, you heard me. I haven't chuckled like that at a superhero movie in a long time since, like, probably Deadpool. I think that was a really funny movie.
0: I think like, so, too. Oh, like, yeah. I do I... think
1: it was too, Like we like we talked about, right? Like, there were a lot of issues with it. But there were some moments I just chuckled so hard out loud.
0: It was like a joke a minute. It was a joke a minute. And like, okay, you didn't hit, this one didn't hit like 30 seconds ago. Try this one. Try this one. Like, I would say 75%, I was laughing. To what extent, I guess, like you could kind of like debate. But I was laughing was like, 75% like, like 75% of the time.
1: Yeah, they just leaned into a few things too much. Maybe a little bit too much Stormbreaker issues. Maybe a little too much. Oh,
0: whoa, we got to talk about that. The Stormbreaker Mjolnir thing was arguably the funniest part of the movie.
1: It was very funny.
0: With, like, yeah, the jealousy to... by Stormbreaker for, like, Thor's affinity for Mjolnir. I thought that was – and, like, it played a part towards the end of the movie. But actually, you think about, like, the theme of love. Like, even it's, like – the the literally Stormbreaker and Mjolnir became characters in this movie. And that, that's, like yes. the Tyka, that's, like, the Taika effect, you know? Like, they almost had, like, their own little arc to this movie, like, Mjolnir coming back together. By the way, Mjolnir, like, when it's, like, in pieces, it can hit all these different, Very like, cool. bad guys, and then it can come back into, like, the hammer again. Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Mjolnir, like, just Wheeling Mjolnir always looks sick. Stormbreaker doesn't look as good. But, like, the talk of, like, the almost, like, the jealousy, the ex, like, it's kind of paralleling, like, his relationship to like Jane Foster and everything. It like I I think it was actually pretty well done with Stormbreaker. Um, And I
1: think yeah I think we also have to talk about Zeus not just the orgy comments which is way overplayed as well. That would that dude
0: he said it like six times.
1: Yeah so bad. But um dude Hemsworth murder uh, Thor. Well through I know he didn't die but we
0: thought he did. I I was shocked in that moment.
1: I was like whoa 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 did not predict that one. So should we go through the predictions or what?
0: Oh, that's not a bad idea. Do you have them Because c- right
1: some of the th- other things I want to talk about are in our predictions. Do you need me to bring them up? Uh, I can if you want.
0: I have them right here. Okay, um, I need to do it. Yeah, but like when when he when he put that arrow through him, I was like, "What the hell?" I did not I did, see did, that like coming. You could have just like so significantly harmed him and then just stole it. Like you didn't have to like you just you just had to Mark, find a yeah. way to grab it. Like you just to have him think like imagine the kids watching that. And Cor- Dude, Korg, Korg died. We thought Korg. Oh my god! And then like him just having the head. Um, yeah, yeah, and then like Thor's like and even like Korg, I should say his character talking about love and like. You can talk a little bit about the wokeness of this movie a little bit, but I think also it goes with the theme of love. Like even Korg is finding love in this movie, and like you had to have a lot, some representation there, some LGBTQ representation. When the movie's name is Thor: Love and Thunder, it's got like that vibrancy to it. Like it almost felt like it had to have some type of representation. But looking at these predictions here, Thor will make less than Top Gun at the box office. It's made over three hundred dollars in the world worldwide um, this weekend. Not 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 a great start uh valkyrie will kill gore did word of mouth happen. will hurt
1: this i think word of mouth will hurt it i don't think it's i still like that first prediction
0: valkyrie will kill gore Tough. wrong so we're over to oh, we'll, we'll say i
1: still like our first one
0: over one so valkyrie will kill gore i did not like how valkyrie was not in the final fight like i, I just I, I i guess it made sense because it's gonna be like jane and thor but like Valkyrie felt like she's kind of getting gypped of her arc a little bit. Felt like they kind of abandoned her. She was just a side piece for this entire movie. Rather than talking about like her as the king of Asgard and the journey she's had, they kind of just ignored it to be honest. Um, yeah, Russell Crowe will have less than 10 minutes of screen time. I think that was right. I timed it. We are right. How much was it at? You're, do you know? Just under 10. Just under 10. He did have more than I expected. But yeah, he'll have less than 10 minutes of screen time. Glad we didn't do five. Moving on. We said Gore will kill Zeus.
1: We did say Zeus would die, but he didn't die.
0: Yes, so we were wrong both there. So we're one for four?
1: Yes. These are bold predictions. Let's remember. Next
0: one. Uh, Thor will make another appearance in the MCU. Check mark. At the end of the movie, it said Thor will return. So we're two for five. Uh, Next up, Guardians of the Galaxy will not be in the final battle of the movie. Once again, check mark. Okay. Three for six. We're up to 50% uh the movie will set up a valkyrie spinoff show cannot say now cannot say now although i'm not confident
1: i think that's a no i think it's a no i i don't think it's set oh up a, a, a oh shot. you're right
0: okay but like yes but like what if they do something a new asgard for her with a show i feel like they there's could, a way this movie
1: didn't set it It up. did.
0: It, you didn't get a sense that they were doing that okay we'll mark it wrong we'll mark it wrong I was trying hey, to give i'm a man of integrity
1: what do i say next integrity?
0: up jane will die back to 50 percent four for eight four for eight she does die she goes to see heimdall hey were you a fan of heimdall's son did you like him in this movie uh,
1: the axel thing i i was actually like
0: dude heimdall's the man you're disrespecting your dad like yeah i'm like you doll. can't change your name like that's what i was thinking too All right, like again it's a sick name and it's like 80s vibe to this movie yeah, yeah, you know yeah, it made yeah. sense and After uh, rose obviously so Hercules, MCU hero, will be introduced. We're five for uh, – that's I Bang. think we're five for ten. Five but for ten. Hercules, we will be
1: five for t- – us. no, we'll be six for ten once Top Gun beats out Thor 11 Thunder.
0: So 50% is great. I think we got to talk about this as, as we're wrapping up this review. Hercules is going to be introduced. He was introduced in a post-credit, played by none other than our, our boy from Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein. What do you think about the prospects of him being an MCU hero or anti-hero?
1: I have to have I have a confession on the pod. I didn't I haven't told you this yet. I got Harry Styles again. What do you mean? You remember how I got spoiled for Harry Styles?
0: Oh, you knew Brett Goldstein was gonna be the guy.
1: Yeah. So that- I was making our graphic for our production predictions uh for Instagram, and it would be funny if I put the rock Hercules. As the graphic, which I did uh, check it out at, at the drive-in pod, and I type in Hercules movie, no, and I was about to put the Rock, and I see Brett Goldstein. I'm like, what? And I didn't click on it. I just said Hercules movie. Enter, and then I like the first couple of things that show up is like Brett Goldstein Hercules cameo. I was like,
0: oh. And I, I didn't know post credit
1: think... scene until it, he didn't show in the movie. I was like, okay, then that's gonna be the post credits.
0: You're you're usually very conscious about the spoilers. That's why I'm like a little shocked that that happened. Um,
1: I know, and I wasn't on Twitter all week. I was so you know.
0: You're, you're avoiding because of Stranger Things too, right?
1: Yes, I don't know how I saw that.
0: Oh man, Ricky, I feel bad. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I know. Well, I I do think it's great casting. I'm very interested in this. I think. This guy is going to fit great into the MCU. Uh, Think about Ted Lasso. It's so family friendly. And he's got like that tenacity to him, like a seriousness that goes with like a Hercules type character, at least from like the MCU version of the character. Uh, I don't think he has an accent, really. He just kind of like deepens his voice a little bit, similar to how he he does in Ted Lasso. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, like how like Zeus had the Greek accent. His son Hercules doesn't seem to have a Greek right. accent here, which I like. Uh, what do you think? The costume, comic book accurate. I saw some people hating on it, but do you think he's gonna be like a villain in the next Thor movie? Like, when are we? When are we actually gonna see him be Hercules? Like, it, it's very much like when is like Harry Styles gonna be like showing up as Eros? Like all these like post credits. When are they actually gonna happen? You know. So, do you think like we're see him sooner rather than later?
1: No, I don't. Uh, I, I do think he'll be the Thor villain, but I did Guardians um, of the Galaxy. Hmm. But I did see something. Now I'm forgetting. But there's something in the comics where he did a team up with other uh, villains. Uh like I can't remember who though now. But like they're villains that I recognize. I was like, oh wait, those are actually villains that are in the MCU right now that are alive. Um, crap! I can't remember now i have to
0: we look have to it brainstorm.
1: up. I might have to look it up now.
0: Is he in the Thunderbolts? Is that what it's called? That's the team up. That's a movie coming out. Thunderbolts. Where it's like maybe. John Walker.
1: Oh, uh. No. Maybe.
0: Um now, I'm trying to uh, think. Like Ghost? Goliath? Hercules uh, and Goliath kind of makes sense. I'll have to look it up. Lawrence Fishburne. Everyone forgets Lawrence Fishburne's in the MCU. I don't know. I don't, they want me to list a couple. I got some on the top of my head. Anyone for the Eternals?
1: I'm not gonna remember. But I'm trying to Google it right now. Damn it, Ricky! Phase four. Yes, like I, I'm pretty sure phase four people, but I I I think they're called
0: the the champions or something. Maybe some for Shang Chi. Hmm. Maybe. Interesting. Okay, whatever. Uh yeah. So Brett Goldstein joining. A-, a lot of people like I saw I listened to a review uh, I listened to a review a review on a podcast and they said like there's rumors that there was going to be uh a there's this um a character from like a beloved TV show that's going to be the uh MCU hero and a lot of people thought it was gonna be Sidakis as Mr. Fantastic, but it's actually Brett Goldstein as Hercules. Uh, wow, that's pretty interesting. As we're wrapping up, I think Sedek is not, I mean, not bad. You know, if you want to put him as like Mr. Fantastic, potentially, he's kind of yes. on the, he's on the come up right now. He's got like Talk the hair Zany. for it. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. He, I think maybe if you give him a chance to do something serious a little bit, I guess he, I think he's very much for the fan, fam, fan, fan, family friendly atmosphere. It can work. Uh, any final thoughts for me on to our MCU tears? I, I thought,
1: I thought it was good. I, at the, at the, Like Not great, though. I think that when we do these tiers, I think you'll see where I actually think it is. Um, I think at the end of the day, there were a a bunch of tone issues, a lot of different stakes that just weren't communicated well at the end of the day. Um, And again, like I think the tone issues, the scale was never felt, even though it was supposed to be smaller. That's what it felt like. But there actually was grand scales. Awkward at times, jumpy at times. At the end of the day, was this a fun movie? Yeah, I was laughing my butt off, like I mentioned before. And I do think Chris Hemsworth did well uh, with the presence. I don't think it was written very well. And I do think Christian Bale is good, just not a lot of screen time. I think that sums up my summary pretty
0: well. Well said, Ricky Flex. Uh, with that being said, let's now move on to our MCU Tears. Before we start the draft, I mean, not the draft, the tiering for this episode, Ricky Flex, you said you found some information?
1: Yes. So I'm an idiot because I was thinking of the secret of the John Walker group, I think, but I knew that wasn't it because I was assuming it was going to be villains. So, like, what I saw earlier today was like potential, like, oh, there was like a comic where Hercules and Thor fight each other, and like Zeus is like the judge, and like it's like a Mm. boxing fight, basically not actually, but like, you know, fight to the death, but like they neither can kill each other because they're both so strong. So then like Zeus calls it a draw and like they're both like, you know, like cocky to each other and they think they're better than each other throughout the rest of the time, but they're not like enemies. They're like frenemies, basically. So like, I definitely see that for a potential movie. Next Thor um, movie,
0: dude. Maybe the straight man to like Thor zaniness, you know?
1: Exactly. Um, But then another thing I saw is that in some issues, Hercules in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like he teams up with like The Hulk and like, and like, does that or and like fights him at a time. I think also a team up previously with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I,
0: I, like, I can potentially, potentially in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If they want to cash in, cash in on Adam Warlock, that'd be cool. And you know, Adam Warlock's another example of like someone that was introduced in a post credit cameo that we have not seen, right. For five years and we're going to get them hopefully we are going to get them in 2023 we have uh marvel presenting at a comic-con i believe soon and like a 23 coming up i assume we're gonna get our first look at will poulter as adam warlock so pixar movie tiers. i'm mean, not pixar marvel movie tiers. we did that we did twice. so i have five tiers ricky flex tell me what you think about these tiers. i have a god tier for like okay these are like the untouchables these are Basically, the ones in the rafters, these are the ones the, almost like it's almost like universally recognized, like yeah. Universal like Mount Rushmore. I have four on Mount Rushmore here. Uh, one borderline that we'll get to argue. Uh, so basically, God tier, I then have the Hall of Fame as the next tier. Uh, basically, that are great movies, they're not like the first ones you might recommend to somebody because, like, there's just such this is obviously spanning 29 movies. Some bring together everything so well. And like something the Marvel cinematic universe, specifically the Russo brothers have done is like bring together this universe and like have all these different characters somehow coincide into one picture. And all these arcs kind of coincide to one picture uh, beyond hall of fame. I have good. I, I name this the all stars. Okay. So maybe they were like a five time all star. Okay. Not yet making the hall of fame, but they're definitely a pleasurable watch. I then have the solid which is more like the meh right likely i will never return to like i'll never choose to return to compared to what's in the hall of fame or god tier but ones that i had a solid time at the theater with and then i have the rejects as the last one
1: so all right gotcha i have five as well but i think my my limitations were a little different here so like the god tier can there only be four?
0: No, there can be no. I, I have potentially five. I have one that's a borderline one.
1: Okay, is there a minimum for a category?
0: No, no. I think we just tier based on what we are given and what we think about these movies.
1: Okay, and I think my it's final easy. Thing.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry.
1: No, you go. You go. I get uh,
0: no, I, I, I. We're gonna go top down. We're gonna start at the God tier, then go down. I think. I think. Yeah, okay, I was gonna
1: is... ask. Do we go by phases?
0: I, I think it'd be easier if we just went by. Okay, okay. Like the the God Tier. Like oh, do you want it to go so do you have the movies in order right now? I do. do. You have that up? Okay. Let's yeah. Let's do that. Let's go let's go chronologically from release. So we're starting off with 2008 Iron Man.
1: That is correct.
0: I have it in the God Tier. Put it in the God Tier. It's the God Tier. It's the best solo adventure in the history of the MCU. It got everything started. Arguably, I would say the best performance by an MCU hero with Robert Downey Jr as Tony Stark. Um a movie that kickstarted like maybe the greatest run by an actor as a superhero. I'm sorry. Um Hugh Jackman, but this belongs to Robert Downey Jr's Iron Man. Like this rejuvenated his career. It is one of the re- most rewatchable of all these Marvel movies. Um it's the best one from like the Mar- uh, from the Iron Man trilogy that came out and uh, I think without this movie, the MCU is not possible. So I think it almost definitely belongs in the god tier.
1: Agreed. Well said. So
0: yeah. Iron Man
1: also in Oh wait, technically an MCU movie, The Incredible Hulk. I'll I'll tell you what
0: I have this in the rejects.
1: I, I, I had this as a borderline solid to rejects because if you look at the other rejects potentially here, it is significantly better than the rejects. But if you look at the solids. It's like, it's not as good as the solids.
0: It's I, think, a I think it's a reject. Mainly because this is one that, first of all, it's not the Bruce Banner played by Mark Ruffalo. We get Edward Norton. It's kind of like a black mark on the MCU. They have Robert Downey Jr. show up in the post credit scene, and they show that there's connectivity between these two movies, between Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. Uh, I have not returned to this movie in so long. I just feel like it's not one that fans are... I think that's a big part about this universe. Like some of these, a lot of these movies get so much cable time, Disney plus, right? Whatever streaming service I think The incredible Hulk wasn't even always on Disney plus. I think it was also on other streaming services. I don't know if that was because of the rights to Hulk itself, but I just don't think it has that like relatability to the rest of the MCU. It just feels so separate and apart.
1: I'm with you. Rejects.
0: Rejects. Okay. Moving on. We're going to 2009. Correct.
1: There actually was a movie released yeah. in 2009. So shockingly, it's 2010 Iron Man 2.
0: Interesting. Okay, so do you want to reveal where you have it, and then I'll reveal where I have it? Sure. Where do, do you actually, have Iron Man
1: 2? It dep- Again, like I actually was putting like limitations on these, so I I put I I told myself I'd have had five rejects in the bottom, so I had this as a reject. But Thank I you. like. I it. have
0: this as an all-star.
1: Wait, what's all-star good?
0: Yeah, that's tier three. All right, so it's solid. Okay, that that that'd be the thing how we would obviously negotiate here. I, but I to I want to hear why you think it's a reject, and I'll say why I think it's an all-star.
1: Okay, if we're not doing limitations, then I would probably put it as a solid. Just for the record, I think that yes, I think Sam Rockwell is a great actor. Looking back on it, it's like you. Now it's like, oh, he was pretty good. But at the time, it's like, was he? Justin Hammer, was he good? Like, looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, he was. But is, are you just getting caught up in the actor now? You're not sure. And then Ricky Works' character, I don't know anymore. Looking back on it, I'm like,
0: actually, he wasn't very good.
1: It wasn't very Justin Hammer is well. better
0: than Mickey Rourke in this movie.
1: Agreed. And then, like, there's a new Colonel Rose. I want my board. I want my War, board. Warhammer thrown into it. I don't know. I wasn't in love with it when I saw it, and I was a kid when I saw it. That also kind of throws me off a little bit. I do think it's significantly better than Iron Man 3. So I think it's solid. Barely.
0: First off, I think Don Cheadle entering this universe as Rhodey, I think, improved this franchise. I also think the final battle with them going back to back and him in the war machine great i love also the nick fury in this movie trying like i like the story for tony stark himself how he's poisoning himself and he has to like go through this journey where he has to create this new element in order to like live and uh, the pressure that's put upon him i think he's all time cool in this movie like he still has like i think iron man 3 like tony stark isn't as cool as he is in iron man 2 and the first iron man he still has that swag to him um i love the f1 scene i think that's actually really cool with whiplash and i think that's maybe one of the best action sequences aside from like the back-to-back when tony Stark's fighting with roadie justin hammer he's campy but i'm still buying it i still like it i feel like he understood what he had to do with this movie hopefully he shows tony up tony stark yeah and he hopefully shows up in the armor wars series so we can get more sam rockwell um, i kind of have a bias towards sam rockwell but well, i think I a big reason well, I have it in the all-star sections because I enjoy Iron Man two more than Iron Man three.
1: But again, that's like a bias. I think like putting it, uh, comparing it to Iron Man three, which let's just say it. Now. Are you saying I Iron Man three is a better
0: reject. movie? Oh, you Man no, three is a reject.
1: Yeah. I, I know the I uh, ran tomato will for sure. Disagree with me. I think but I did not buy Guy Pierce in that movie. Did not buy the overcoming of the Avengers uh, 2012 movie for Tony Stark. Thought that was not very well done. Did not buy Iron Man 3. Okay. So Did not let, like that movie at all. All right. I so think my guess on Ron's middle score, by the way, is a 78.
0: So okay, here's what we're doing. Iron Man 2 is what? Probably like a 72, something like that.
1: I don't know. I, I my guess would probably be Iron Man 2.
0: I would guess like a 72, 73.
1: 68.
0: If that's what you think it is. Look it up right now. I bet I'm right.
1: I thought you had it up.
0: No. It Iron Man 2
1: a- is a 72. Oh, wow. You got it right.
0: So he's, he's cert- barely certified fresh, or is this in the red?
1: Oh, I didn't check it.
0: Hold on. It's okay. No, no, it's not a big deal. So we're going to put Iron Man 2 in the solid, right? We're not, we're not going to skip ahead yet to Iron Man 3. We still got some of the original Avenger movies, okay? So if we're looking at 2010, we then have to move to 2011, where we have the uh solo debuts for both Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger. Where do you want to start?
1: Thor came out before Captain America, so let's just do that, right? Yes, Thor. This gets a lot of hate. I like that movie. I remember walking out of the theater like, damn, that movie is awesome. Now, looking back on it, I'm like, all right, that was good. That's where I think it should be. I think it's good. Loki great. Or er, the
0: third one. Oh, you think it's third? Yeah. Wow.
1: And I think... This is also what you were just doing with Iron Man Two. Is what I'm doing with Thor because Thor: The Dark World is a piece of trash.
0: Lots of rejects. We already know that's going to happen. So,
1: I think this is a good like intro. Like compared to like what we've gotten with Black Widow, even Shang Chi, Eternals, like all these origin movies right now. I think this is better than those. And yes, it's a little campy, a little at times. Yes, like I, but I think it works. I do think it works. I think Kenneth Branagh's movie. I do think it works and especially at the time i remember just going back in time also this was good.
0: Kenneth Bray now you're right shakespearean you got the basically the debut of loki who's going to be eventually the first avengers villain i think you 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 would argue it's not even an argument actually loki was the best performance in the original thor. Yeah. <sighs> I don't so what love do you have Hems- as? I had it as solid but i'm going to put it into good all star just because i'm giving the benefits of the doubt because like you have to show respect to like the first solo adventures phase one where we were kicking off this universe and like that moment where thor breaks through hawkeye's first introduced as well and you have thor trying to grab the hammer you can't pick it up in the rain like chris Hemsworth looking ripped the shreds and like the most jacked man alive and that that's one of the greatest scenes in the fra- phase one of the mcu when he's tearing through A good call that military option that that military that agent uh the shield operation and just getting to that moment to try and pick it up and he fails like very shakespearean like you could just like you could feel that in that moment one of the best phase one scenes yeah. so i'm good with putting it in all-star i'm okay with making it uh, uh i'm conceding to that so let's move on to be a first avenger next
1: so this is where like my god's here is completely different than yours like my god's here i was thinking like pixar draft we had 10 so I have 10 in the god tier. Obviously, you're an I'd idiot.
0: You're putting well, you cannot put no, Captain America's first Avenger the God no, Tier. Is no, that no, what no. you about whoa, to tell whoa, me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold your horses there, man. Why would you even say that?
1: Because now where I'm putting only five in God tier, now like the next five I had in the god tier are significantly above Captain America like first Avenger, but I had that as like the second tier. So now I'm, like, debating. Now is it only good?
0: It's a good. It's all-star. It doesn't sound, It's it's a little bit better than Thor.
1: Okay. So good. I'm yeah. fine with that. All right. Yeah. I was just explaining my thought
0: process. I thought here. you were about to say it's a god tier. I would have just shut <laughs> my top off. No. All I right. I was just First trying Avenger to Thor, sake of yes. time, both good. All-stars. Yeah. Third tier.
1: Now we're at the Avengers 2012.
0: I have it at Hall of Fame. Ditto. We can move on. <laughs> right, uh, just because obviously it was such a immaculate moment, and when you see all those movies like resulting in this, like obviously conglomerate of characters that everyone had grown to like adore from their solo adventures, and you're throwing in Hawkeye with a more meaningful role, sort of Black Widow with a more meaningful role after Iron Man Two, um, Loki comes back loki comes back we the first introduction to thanos at the end Fury, like, who is this big roll. purple guy yes um colson impactful death you know i'm gonna go definitely hall of fame right okay
1: so just the end we just finished phase one so what it's we here have two. now what we have right now is nothing in gods here the hall of fame No, nope, we have iron God here oh right forgot that one
0: i, I highlighted them here too so Iron Man okay. gods here, the Avengers in the second tier hall of fame. We have first Avenger and Thor as all stars. We got uh Iron Man 2 in the solid category which is tier 4 and then rejects the Incredible Hulk. I think that's all correct so far.
1: I agree. Next up. Iron Man 3 2013.
0: I have this and I I have this in solid. I don't think it's I'm fine
1: moving it to solid.
0: If Iron Man two in solid, right, I think Iron Man Three belongs in the same category, to be honest. I'm fine with it. Also a great story. Like Iron it's almost has like a Logan vibe, a little bit where he's out of the suit for a long time, has some grittiness to his character. Uh don't love Guy Pierce in this movie, to be Neither honest. And Kingsley. Don't, uh, we don't we don't like don't love Ben Kingsley in this movie? We know that. Oh, we don't love his character. We don't like the the, the decision made there. Uh, felt like there was some villain issues of that movie. But for in terms of a character arc for Tony Stark, pretty good. So yes, solid. Moving on. Guardians or the
1: Dark World.
0: Oh, Dark World rejects rejects. I don't even think we need to say anything. It's it's clearly a reject.
1: We can move on. If you don't agree with that, then maybe you need to reconsider watching superhero movies.
0: And just plagued by, uh, all, once again, a villain issue, a very forgettable villain with Malekith. I can't even remember why he was a villain in that movie or what his motivations were. The, uh, the I know the, the red thing. Yeah. And that's why they had to go back. Yeah. And then Poison Jane. Yeah. 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 All that. Yeah. Okay. Moving
1: on. We get it. Hello was supposed to
0: be the villain. Hello was supposed to be the villain. Yes. in Dark yes.
1: World, which is so weird to think about now. But Lo- moving Loki on again, yeah, and then Loki died again. Captain America, Winter Soldiers next.
0: I have it in the God tier.
1: I have it in the God tier. I think this is arguably one of the greatest spy movies of all time. I think that Chris Evans proves that he's a good actor in this movie. I know I, Snowpiercer came out the year before I want to say. Where he was good, but like I think that the overall movie in that, like Bong Joon Ho's movie, is just like because of him and the overall actual story. It's that's why it's so good. Winter Soldier, he is amazing, and the actual story is also great. Um, obviously our boy Sebastian Stan great in it, but this is Chris Evans. This is also Black Widow good in this as well, and Anthony Mackie. But this is Chris Evans. I love this movie.
0: I love it also because it was such an upgrade from The First Avenger. The First Avengers is a classic war movie, you're rooting for the United States against the Nazis. Here, you start to question patriotism. What does it truly mean? You have a great like almost like real feel like espionage thriller to this movie. Winter Soldier an incredible villain an incredible villain i think an underrated villain in the marvel cinematic universe um we get introductions to falcon as a result we have black widow with an integral role to this movie and you're right this is i think this is probably the best chris evans has ever been in the mcu i think you can argue endgame he was even better uh but i think yeah winter soldier definitely des- deserves to be in the god tier it's not this is the one i have that's not like a a team up or a solo like a like a, a ninja, initial solo movie this is one I think that just it's just a great movie even if it wasn't set in the MCU and it doesn't even have that many further implications other than the fact that it, it introduces new characters or reintroduces characters and this is the movie
1: that I go back to where I'm like okay this is why every time the Russo brothers have a new movie coming out and it's a spy movie potentially I'm looking at you Gray, the gray man I have high hope even though they aren't very good outside of the MCU and then particularly outside, like like even with great actors, just they're not very good. But with this movie, and then obviously we'll, we'll talk about it later, I have high hopes for The Great because of this movie in particular. That
0: elevator sequence, the hand-to-hand combat, and the, the grabbing the helicopters, is that Civil War? Yeah, helicopter Ooh. Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, Like where he grabs it, he's like spreading his arms out like super wide. Uh, Yeah, so no, that was an easy one. I think that to me that was easily got here.
1: All right, this is going to be interesting. Guardians of the Galaxy is next.
0: Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. And that's coming from, like, that's, like, literally, other than Infinity War, probably my favorite MCU movie, but I think I'm I'm doing this very unbiasedly in terms of, I don't think it's on the same level as Iron Man. It's not on the same level, level as Winter Soldier, Endgame, or Infinity War. Like, this is as good as it gets for technically a, like, mcu solo movie that's why i'm putting in the hall of fame
1: i think it's number one in the hall of fame i think villain draws it back i think looking back on it it doesn't hit as hard but to give it a pro this changed the game this allowed like ragnarok to run this allowed creative freedom to run in the mcu i think 100 like ant-man came out the next year and we all know Edgar Wright. or i think ant-man came out was it was the next year yeah it was the next year um, Edgar Wright issues with that so like this like realizing the success of that with this mute the soundtrack you know creative freedom everything this was the ensemble the ensemble again but non core like non-core vendors. like this is the Guardians of the Galaxy nobody knew who they were you unknown know? characters right like, this was so big for Marvel and also just like in for cinema in general so I think that this is an essential movie but Number one in the Hall of
0: Fame, probably like the big, easily the biggest gamble early on in the MCU, and it paid off. It like it without the Guardians of the Galaxy success, we don't get like the eventual team ups in Infinity War and Endgame that make the relationship with Thanos that much stronger. Gamora obviously means so much to audiences, and Nebula, Peter Quill is one of the most recognizable MCU heroes to this point. We just saw him appear in Thor: Love and Thunder. Drax, one of the funniest characters we've ever seen, Rocket paired with Groot as well. I think this one, like the music, just changed it all. Like the, it, it was this uh, is clearly the MCU putting their faith in James Gunn, saying, "Okay, we're we like." And I think James Gunn, to this point, wasn't that reliable of a director. You know, he he had some like I guess lower key hits, one not like huge blockbusters, but they really put their faith in his vision for these characters and his passion for these characters, very much paid off very much paid off it's at the top of the hall of fame nearly on in the god tier I, i'm literally yeah. thinking go got tier. <laughs> i'm just this well, out we one. can adjust we can adjust. I, I, think, I think i think i think we put it in the yellow right now for hall of fame it's it's a fringe god tier that's what i think we should do
1: okay moving on that's in the fringe age of ultron having good yeah all-star good yes third is tier. It, all right let's get this over with is it all-star tier or good tier
0: it's both. <laughs> okay. We call it all-star. It's a new got you, your Hall of Fame all-star.
1: Okay, all-star.
0: I have it as all-star, too. I
1: think this is better than what people come to say. I also shit uh, crap on this movie a lot. But at the end of the day, this movie isn't bad. Like, it's better than solid.
0: So rewatchable. Very so rewatchable. rewatchable. I think
1: James Spader's character, Ultron, is a big reason for that. I think the Thor storyline is very messed up. It obviously plays a part later on. I think it's very weird how Ultron comes to be, but at the end of the day, the final battle sequence also is awesome. I think Ultron is awesome. I think this movie is good as in it's an L star.
0: It's a great lead into civil war as well. You start to see the division between Tony and Steve, right? Going in from this movie into civil war into like that ultimate divide. that's going to split them going into Avengers Endgame. game. Uh, so I like, Personally, like I love James Spader, and I think the introduction to Vision was very cool. We had such high hopes for Vision after this movie. Uh yeah, easily for me. And we have the we have Uly- Ulysses Claw being introduced, kind of getting teased for Black Panther. For me, this is clearly an all star, and I don't think it deserves the hate. Yes, there is some like Chris Hemsworth Thor, like interesting writing decisions, like some like like obviously uh, gl- like uh, I guess holes in the plot. But watch rewatchability and also just entertainment wise, that first shot. Right where like they're going and they do the freeze frame, the Joss Whedon freeze frame as they're going in. Where you have like Hulk, is Hulk? You got the Hulk busting suit that ends up making an appearance, but also the introduction of Wanda Maximoff and Quicksilver. Like solid movie, solid movie.
1: Next, solid or an all star?
0: Oh, you're right, all star. Yeah, yeah.
1: We can move well, it if we have to, but okay. Finishing up Phase Two is Ant Man, 2016.
0: I had this in salt in the fourteenth.
1: Okay. I have it as a solid too. That makes yes. it easy. Another villain issue. Another villain issue, I think. I wasn't particularly in love with the villain in this. Not bad, but solid.
0: Felt a little formulaic. Uh, it was interesting because this comes out in 2015. Paul Rudd seemed like he's a seamless fit into the Guardians of the Galaxy, honestly. Uh, I think he does well in terms of like chemistry with Evangeline Lilly and um, Michael Douglas, but I think like Michael Pena and the squad kind of like steal the show in many scenes. Corey Stahl just seems like almost too prototypical as a villain. Uh so the yellow jacket. I like Paul Rudd's great in this movie, but it's he's, he, Paul Rudd's not going to make this an all-star movie for me. Like I just Ant-Man is also just not that integral of a character. Like the there's not much on um, like uh ramifications as a result of this movie other than the fact that the post credit scene introduces like that Spider-Man exists.
1: Yeah, and like also Ant Man, like you said, not an integral character, but it's also like this isn't Phase One. This is end of Phase Two. We're built like this is post two Avengers movies. Our expectations are higher now. It's a little different. I think Paul Rudd nails it. I think the crew around him is very good, uh, or good, I would say. But it's just nothing, I guess, memorable in this yeah.
0: movie, really. Like it's just like you had the scene that almost feels like it's a joke when he's facing uh Falcon trying to Im- infiltrate aven the Avengers compound and it's like okay yeah you're going to they brought low- in
1: Falcon they didn't the lo- bring
0: in I, was, I was gonna here. say the lowest rate like Avenger who just got initiated into the Avengers after age of Ultron like okay I guess like it just doesn't did, it didn't feel it's very much small in scale and that that does matter when you're looking at these movies after 29 and it's all in the same continuity
1: yeah agreed all right phase three this is where this is the core this is the core
0: this is where it gets good like this so, is where like you f- find out this is may- might be the best action franchise in the history of movies exactly and it starts out hot
1: with captain america civil war
0: i have it in the hall of fame
1: i don't think it's a top five mcu movie and if we're doing a top five god tier is not in the gods tier.
0: But I think there's got to be dang some it, it's good, huh? There's there's gotta be some exclusivity to the God tier. Like, yes, like I, I agree, I,
1: I agree. It's like the tier Hall of for Fame reason. is the
0: Hall of Fame. Like those, like these so, guys are still first ballots, in my opinion. That's that are in the Hall of Fame. They're not like the all-stars, which I think could be like, okay, they're getting in their fifth or sixth ballot, right? Fifth or sixth year on the ballot. The Hall of Fames are like these are all time movies. They just don't crack the, the best of the best. Like Captain America Civil War. That I find I'm rewatching probably more so than any movie other than Endgame and potentially Ragnarok or Infinity War. Excuse me.
1: I find that because it's on cable more. But then again, like Guardians is always on cable and that it, Civil
0: War that. did so much. It drives like the, the, the rift between the Avengers to introduce Black Panther and introduces Spider-Man, right? And it has the airport scene. Sovia Accords. Sovia. Sovia Accords. Right? Jesus. Uh, and then, and the villain – like, they showed they can uh, have this huge rift between the Avengers and not have this almighty villain, the all-powerful villain that drives this wedge. Like, it could just be an average person with the right motivations. Zemo, fascinating character. And then, obviously, you have Winter Soldier, right, as, like, an interesting piece to this entire puzzle. While it is basically an Avengers 4 movie – it still focuses on the story impressively of Captain America coming from, like, and also focusing on American patriotism. What does that mean coming from Winter Soldier? Like, it still maintains that focus, which is impressive. Russo Brothers.
1: Yeah, great movie. This is a, I remember, like, Team Cap, Team Iron Man. Like, this this had everything. Spider-Man. Did, we, did you mention Spider-Man?
0: Yeah. Oh, I mentioned yeah, like, Spider-Man, Black Panther. Yes,
1: yeah, spi- but, like, unbelievable. I think Zemo. I think this makes him worthy. Like I think he was good in this, um, but he had more potential. I think, but he was very good in his screen time. I think he. I think he was. And then also when we saw him in Falcon the Winter Soldier series, like, "Oh Zemo, let's go!" Because he was so good in this. Uh, big fan of Civil War, but again, just Hall of Fame, not guts here. Uh,
0: arguably the best fight sequence in the history of the MCU. I might just say it's the best with Cap versus Iron Man with yeah. Bucky as the third guy, right? I don't care. He killed my mom. Then they keep going at it, right? Like it's like that is an all-time MCU YouTube moment where it's like just look that scene up. And it's just and then it was that moment in the trailer with like the light and the framing of that shot exactly. where the was the, the, the light shines through like the divide that little that literal divide. Um, spectacular movie. I might watch that tonight. God damn it.
1: And it also showed like how good Iron Man is as well, which I loved. But okay, moving on. So two and the gods here. I'm oh, sorry, two in the Gods here, three in the Hall of Fame. Moving on, Doctor Strange 2016.
0: I have in the All Stars.
1: I also have it in the All Stars. I think, this movie, three. like again, trouble with the ending. I think Mads Mickelson was good. Um, I think Dr. Strange was good, a little formulaic as well. But like at the end of the day, the visuals were insane. I thought, I thought this was a little different. Batch acclaimed uh, actor coming into the MCU. I was a big fan of this movie when it came out looking back on it maybe not as good as i originally thought but still good still an all-star
0: i think it was great as a uh debut for a character i think they did a great job with his training and like going to Carmitage and like tilda swinton i think was great as the ancient one uh i think also uh not great chemistry with christine palmer and Rachel McAdams, that lends into the multiverse of madness, which we're going to get to. But you're right, the visuals, it felt like this was an MCU movie that was trying to be Inception, and they were successful in a lot of different ways. Scott Derrickson, horror director, I think had the right elements right to make this movie possible. Benedict Cumberbatch is perfect as Doctor Strange. I loved his performance so much in this movie. Uh, I really do respect this movie. Uh, and it seems like a little controversial in terms of MCU, like solo movies and what the fans think. I think it's firmly in that third tier, the All Star tier.
1: Firmly, okay. I like that. Okay, moving on. I'll start here. I have this one as an All Star: Guardians of the Galaxy Two.
0: I have it an All Star as well. I think this
1: movie is very good. Now, I think it's hold- held back from Hall of Fame because like Guardians One, so iconic. Uh, you're looking at some of the movies that just came out that we talked about. like they're just naturally better. and it's always hard following up something as iconic and just a naturally a sequel. It's just never usually never as good. And it just it didn't have that same captured moment because we already saw that creativity in the first one. So I think because of that, I like it as an all star.
0: This is like this is like at the very fringe for me where it was going to be hall of fame i initially did take it off my hall of fame i kind of anticipated you were going to have it in the all-star level i always make the argument that is it is it better than Guardians of the galaxy the initial one and like after the years go by after i first saw it i had the, the high of seeing it and like chris hemsworth and uh, chris pratt and the rest of the cast was saying like this is the greatest space spectacle since star wars things like that in some ways like there is some validity to what he's saying in terms of the visuals This movie visually is up there with like Thor Ragnarok with the best. I think that MCU has ever looked on screen, bright, vibrant. It looks better than the first Guardians of the Galaxy, in my opinion. Uh, I think Ego is a great villain right and uh, i think it did a lot for chris pratt's character as star lord to build upon it there was so much like um questioning in terms of like investigating of like what exactly is going to happen to his character after the first one uh, and seeing kurt russell step in there and like bring a lot of intensity to the role too uh and some swag very cool soundtrack hits as always it's right there at the tip of the all-stars into the hall of fame but we'll keep it in the all-stars
1: okay moving on 2017 again I have this one as a Hall of Famer: it's Spider-Man: Homecoming.
0: Hall of Fame as well. Hall of I Fame as well.
1: Michael Keaton, might like unbelievable as the villain here. Un, compared to like a lot of these other villains, brought his own spin to it. I did, and like again, this is coming off of Birdman, right? Like he's on a high spotlight in 2015. Like he's on a roll right now, and then he gets into the MCU. Vulture, not your prototypical villain that you think about. It's Spider-Man but he makes it his own and it works so well. I really like this movie. Yes. It's a smaller local, more local friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man, but still connected to the MCU post civil war with the Tony Stark elements. You could say that kind of hurts it. It's in some ways, but at the end of the day, I love the high school feel with this as well. Give me Spider-Man homecoming as a hall of famer.
0: This is a different movie than like, it doesn't feel the same as the rest like you're right it's a high school john hughes level marvel movie small in scale but in enough where it felt like it's high stakes for the specific characters like for a high schooler to be taking on a task of trying to protect like items that are going from an avengers compound taking on a villain as powerful as like adrian tombs and his like technology that he's using uh and then also like the friendly neighborhood spider-man fits so well from the comics like being translated to the screen here it seems like they kind of get away from that later on with the mcu spider-man trilogy but this is like a true comic book version of the character in my opinion uh soundtrack also low-key hits Mm. but i also like when you look at like the tier below and you look at like ant-man like it just has a different feel than Ant-Man. Ant-Man feels so formulaic. Like this has been done before so many times in the MCU. Like Spider-Man: No Way Home was, I mean, home, excuse me, Homecoming was so refreshing, and I thought it was a great entry into like the MCU and like said, okay, this has a lot of promise. It really worked out for me. A uh, lot of really strong connections to um, Iron Man, though. That kind of through that kind of downgrades it a little bit. Yeah,
1: and like oh, one of the ways I was looking at this at this tiering is like just comparing it to what I already put in because I was going in order, like what we're doing now. And like I looked back and I was like, all right, what is in my like all star cat like tier? And I had like Doctor Strange, I had Captain America: First Avenger, Thor. Homecoming is such a significant way better. Year. It's not even close to so put it in that like that tier would have been disrespectful. Put it in the Hall of Fame. Moving on. This is where I think we might have a divide. Thor Ragnarok, 2017 again. God tier. Really? I have it as a God tier. I didn't think you were going to have it as a God tier.
0: Totally. So, first of all, it made Chris Hemsworth relevant in this universe again. Okay? People forgot about him after Age of Ultron. He's had enough of this character. What's he do? He wants to breathe life into the character or else he's going to quit the character. Who's he bring on? He literally brings himself. He brings... uh. Taika Waititi on set himself, that he is going to be the guy. And I think this one, the energy it gave, everyone saw that trailer and they immediately started to compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy, right? You have Hulk along with the adventure. You have the plane of Sakaar. You got Valkyrie joining the battle. and Chet's going to be the villain, right? Tom Hiddleston still has a huge role as Loki in this movie. I think it just breathed new life into the MCU, not only Thor, into the MCU and it almost gave this momentum leading into, because Thor is a centerpiece for both Infinity War and Endgame. This gave all the momentum. The same year as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think this gave the momentum that literally like, shot Marvel into the stratosphere where they would be untouched. Mm. Untouched. And it was so different from what had come before. And it people compared it to Guardians of the Galaxy, it really was nowhere near similar. The laps, I think, were even like, they were antied up. They were anteed up here, and we saw Chris Hemsworth in the, as Thor in the way we wanted to see him, and it almost like was best suited.
1: Completely agree. I, I think you summed it up perfectly. I just think the shocking thing is, when have you seen in a franchise where like they have not one, but two movies, both you could say, weren't amazing, like Thor 1 in particular, but the second one being so bad that they don't ditch it, they don't try to re, like, do a new character, But they give even more like they go, you know what, we're going to we're not going to try to take control of this franchise. We're going to give creative freedom to this failure of the MCU. You could say it was a failure. Thor Dark World, huge failure. You could they could have scrapped like they did with Hulk, just scrap any movies they didn't. Instead, they leaned into it more so than ever. Gotcha. It's, It's still unbelievable. God's here.
0: And we Living talk up. about oh. getting away from formula, getting away from what people like expect audiences expect. This turned everyone on their heads. And they were like, Oh my god, what am I witnessing right now? Like immigrant song perfectly used, even from that first moment where he's taking on Surter and he's like he's getting twirled around and he goes, Like, oh, wait a second. Like, and he's waiting for like to face Surter again. It's like that's when you knew, like, this is a different thought. Different. He would different. never have done that in the first And two I remember movies. like, I
1: was like, Oh no, they cut his hair. Like, this is... We were nervous. I'm nervous, nervous, but this freaking worked out. Unbelievable.
0: Goldblum, gotcha. great. Great chemistry between Valkyrie Chesson and Hulk.
1: Thompson, great. Just yes. Un- Mark Ruffalo.
0: Hulk. Hulk. Also great. Last time yeah. Hulk was
1: really great.
0: Gotcha. Made some bold choices with Hulk. Hulk's, like, all of a sudden speaking instead of just saying mm. smash, you know? And people seem to respond to it. Mm. They took it a little overboard in Endgame, obviously, but... Of course.
1: Moving on, Black Panther, Best Picture nominee, Hall of Fame. I haven't. This was interesting because culturally, like this is a Hall of Famer, right? This is. I'm oh, sorry, culturally, God-tier. You could say it's a gods here because not only like culturally, like African American culture, Black community, everything like that. Best Picture nominee, the only MCU movie to ever get Best Picture nominee. Huge gods here. But as a movie, looking back on it this isn't even close to like the God tiers that we have. And I think one of the things I was doing this when I had, I thought we were doing tiers like one through five and the first tier, similar to our Pixar tier had to have 10 movies. I was like, okay, I'll look at like what I would score these movies. And it just turned out that like almost all 10 of the movies I had were like 90 and above. And this, I don't even know if I would put it as a 90 anymore, but it's like right around a 90 for me, hall of fame.
0: I, I want to rewatch it again just to see what I would give it, but like I'm not gonna. It, it, I think it, like I don't think it's better. Like I don't enjoy it more. And I don't think it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think it's better than Captain America: Civil War in terms of an MCU movie. Like I I like if I say Black Panther is better than Captain America: Civil War, I mean. Like Civil War, it's like it's got to be in the God tier. Black Panthers in the God tier. Like it's, it, it means it means too you're, much you're opening the up the
1: tier to other movies if you put this movie in. Right,
0: there. and like yes, it got nominated for Best Picture. It meant a lot to the culture. Okay, Killmonger, excellent villain, and like we're still saying it's an all-time great movie. This is just shows how great this universe is by putting it in the Hall of Fame. Like it's space, a, space a, three. It's a, we're putting it in the same like movie is like the original Avenger, the same category as the original Avengers. You know, it's like a Spider-Man homecoming. These are like all time, all time superhero movies. So I think the, it was, it was, I think people really latched on to the phenomenon. They knew what it meant for African-American culture. And I see why and everything, but I just don't have it on the same level as like Iron Man, Infinity War, Endgame. Like that meant so much to a mass of people. And also was just meant so much to the universe as a whole.
1: Yeah, this is an MCU tier, like this first and foremost. Like, yeah, I can I completely agree. Moving on. Now this movie's going in the gods here because it's my favorite and it's I think the best MCU movie is Affinity War.
0: The best. Next.
1: Ant Man and the Wasp. Solid. Tier four. Agreed. I think people can it's better. I think Ant Man's better for the record.
0: But I think so. it is too. Initially a uh... Amy the Wall is very funny. Very funny, but once again, huge villain issue. Huge, huge, huge villain issue. As I said before earlier in this podcast, people forget Lawrence Fishburne's in the MCU. People forget. It's,
1: it's unbelievable. Let's keep that, going. That people, character is probably gonna be in champions or whatever people, that team is. People
0: forget Michelle Pfeiffer. It's in the MCU.
1: That's who. All right, moving on. Captain Marvel, twenty nineteen. Reject. Yeah. Captain Marvel. We talked about it last pod. Talk if about, you're a common listener, you, you
0: know we're not a huge fan. Feel like that was really forced upon us. Uh, I feel like people wanted to love that movie more than they actually did like the movie.
1: Completely agree. Jude Law issues there as well. Next up, Avengers Endgame,
0: Hall of Fame, got here, got here. Excuse me. Okay, Endgame's I was gotcha. gonna say if when you said you had
1: four movies in the gods here.
0: Well, I, um, I like, initially had four. I, I added like Ragnarok was going back and forth, and then I put it back on there.
1: Okay, so when you said you had four, okay, but you were I thought you had Ragnarok out and like Endgame in, but when you said you had Ragnarok as a gods tier, I was like, oh my god, that means Endgame. No, 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 I can't do that. Man.
0: Like, no, no, Endgame means way too much to the culture
1: and iconic
0: scenes. Just you have to have that in. The best, the yeah. best, like theater experience alongside Infinity War, like the yeah. experience of Endgame is not is nothing like anyone's ever had.
1: Like exactly. honestly, it it, has it, to be.
0: even Infinity War, like at the like the final battle, like that just made you want to stand up in your. My, that's the most I've wanted to stand up in my seat. Like I was so close to doing it, and like people were literally doing that, and like videos I saw, like it felt like you were at a sporting event rooting for your favorite team.
1: Couldn't say it better myself. Next up, Far From Home, Spider Man all-star
0: third tier
1: i have it as third tier too i think coming out of the theater watching it I I'm like oh. an
0: identical board for the most part <laughs> which is right. fine
1: far from home coming out of the theater i was like wow i think that was better than homecoming i literally thought it was so good but then after seeing it on cable and tnt so much i i've picked so many flaws with it now and jake g i love jake g I love Jake G and I don't think, I think he's, if you have to pick front half or like a top tier or bottom tier, only two tiers of villains, MCU villains, he would be in the top tier, but it's not like he blew the screen away.
0: I don't think so either. I think at times he's even a little bit cringy. I think the first half of this movie is very cringy. Jokes do not hit. Ned leads his relationship stuff. Like the high Damn. school stuff, does not hit the same as the first, as homecoming. Classic uh, it's,
1: sequel issues, I would say. Trying to expand the world, literally travel the world. Classic sequel issues.
0: Yeah, t- t- the visual effects. There are some incredible moments where, like is fighting uh, Spider-Man, and then like uh, like Far From Home, Spider-Man is like trying to get over the death of Tony Stark. And then, like, obviously, it has, like, the moments, like, almost Tony Stark looms a huge shadow over the movie. Uh, Almost once again, even though he's not physically there, he still has the same presence that he did in Homecoming. And then people don't want to see that as much. Like, he's just so connected to Spider-Man. it's almost, like, ruins, like, the solo experience of a Spider-Man movie. Uh, Yeah. So, to me, first half, similar with Nick, uh, how I felt about No Way Home, I didn't like the first half of the movie. But the second half, I think, very good. But it's no way home second half. It's just like you could argue the best second half alongside like endgame. It's that good. We'll uh, get
1: there. But next up is Black Widow. We had a couple of the year low, right? Because far from home, 2019, they took a break for the rest of 2019. Then 2020, that's when Black Widow was supposed to come out, right? COVID, wait till 2021. This is an at-home release. Remember, they had this Disney Plus, it was the uh, that option. We did that option. Where do you have Black Widow?
0: I feel bad doing this, but it's a reject. Wow, reject. Like I, I I haven't revisited it since. But like after I watched it, I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Um, sometimes like Marvel hasn't done that great in terms of female led projects. Like Black Widow, like Scarlett Johansson is so great in supplementary roles, in complementary roles, I should say, in the MCU. Uh, David Harbour, solid. I guess in this movie, Rachel Weiss also solid. Florence Pugh kind of steals the performance, steals steals the movie. But it's the fact that like Scarlett Johansson is like second tier, second rate to Florence Pugh in her own solo project. I also think the ending of this movie was terrible. I hated what they did with Taskmaster. Taskmaster. I think it's at the top of the rejects, but that's where I got it.
1: So, again, before I was doing this, I was like, oh, limitation. I'm putting it into solid. But after like recalibrating my board, moving all my five through ten slots into the Hall of Fame, it's like I have to move some into the rejects. This was my headliner for the rejects. I think this is better than Captain Marvel. Yeah. But for all the reasons that you said, looking at the solids, I think that the solids do everything better than Black Widow for the most part. So
0: Taskmaster twist. I think it was almost on par with like the disappointment of uh of like uh Iron Man three with Trevor Slattery. I think it's almost that Ooh. level in terms of like
1: the Mandarin. disappointment
0: for your audiences. And I think there's a lot of expectations for Marvel fans. Taskmaster like was such a badass character and to see like how it Developed at the end of that movie, it just uh, to me it was very disappointing. Big visual and effects
1: issue in that movie too, especially yeah. The, the yeah
0: when they're when they're in the air, it's 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 god awful. It's really bad. Embarrassing. All right, the Black one,
1: Widow rejects later on in the year. I think October release. Shang Chi. Now Shang Chi for me, depending how many we want to go here, I think visual effects issues as well. But moving on, I think it's
0: an all star. Ooh. I'm okay with this. I had this at the top of the solid tier, but I think it's also its recency. Like I just haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. I think it you're right. Great villain. I think Simu Liu is low key great as Shang Chi. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do in the future. Um, ah, I, I maybe I have to just revisit this one. I'm totally okay. I had it in the solid realm, but if you want to put it to all star, I think I think I I, I think it's better let's, than Thor. Let's let's put I think it, it's I, better than Thor and Thor's are we, if Thor's committed to the all-star I'm willing to put Shang-Chi in the all-star.
1: Okay. Do you think Let's this do, is better than Ultron? No. I don't think so either. I think Ultron's certainly like, better. I'm going to be Thor biased. I'm going to
0: be biased to like the Avenger team-up movie. You know, it's a little different mm-hmm. there. Do you think it's this is it's more than about Bar from home. I think it's close. I really? think it's close. I think it's close. There's, I think if it's I think, that
1: close, then I think it's in the All Stars.
0: Yeah. So All I right. think I, I do think so. Um, far from home. I'm just not a huge fan of. I know a lot of people like that movie so much. I just I don't like Spider Man being so far away, and it just feels like it's not a Spider Man movie. He's got the black suit or whatever. He's got, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Keep going.
1: All right. This is this is this was honestly I think one of my one of if not the toughest choice I had to do. Eternals,
0: I was close to doing solid, but I did put it in the rejects. You did the rejects, I haven't revisited it since. Neither have I. I'm in the same boat as Shang-Chi, where it's like I've seen it one time. Okay, here,
1: so I am all for putting it in the rejects because we have four in the rejects right now. If we do five, that's an even five, or not even, but like that's a good round, top five, bottom five. Eternals was such a huge expectations. And a huge failure. So yeah. Rejects is – I'm all in for the Rejects. I'm,
0: I'm okay with it because you're right. Like Chloe Zhao coming to the director's chair. She just wins Best Director, Best Picture at the Oscars. What can she do with this Marvel landscape? What is she bringing to the table? And we get probably the most disappointing, I guess, uh, team-up movie in the history of the MCU. Yeah, and, and looking- uh I was I was, was going to say visual effects. We expected to be amazing. There were some great visuals here, but there's also some very disappointing visuals. There's a lot of like story issues, in my opinion. A lot of like trying to hint at the universe without like set explanations that I was like getting pissed off about. And also a debatable like villain in this movie too, and a debatable reveal with Richard Madden. Richard Madden's character
1: and ending, ending tough, very tough. And I have just to say also, this is my fifth lowest. No. Fourth lowest Marvel rated movie. Black Widow is my fifth lowest. So this like would make sense for a bottom five for myself. Like it. Now, we're out of here. We're at the events of last year. Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Hall of Fame.
1: This is firmly in the Hall of Fame. This isn't like reading No Way Home. Yes. Huge significance. Bringing Toby back. Bringing Andrew Garfield back. But I agree with you. The first half of this movie did not flow as well as I would have liked it to. I do think Tom Holland was good in it, but you know who stole the show? Not Spider-Man. It was the second Spider-Man, who's known to have the worst Spider-Man movies. So yeah. I think that's a huge problem. I don't think that's possible to put this movie if the main character is not the best, or at least is kind of being stolen, like stolen the us, the highlights, the spotlight away. Put me in the Hall of Fame just on significance and event factor.
0: I don't know if I'm willing to say that Garfield was better than Tom Holland here. I think Tom Holland was really good in this movie. I, I think it's I'm the best. I, I think stealer. it's the best he's ever scene been. Stealer. In a movie.
1: Scene stealer.
0: Yes. No, he definitely is the scene stealer <laughs> of that movie for sure. And I think he's my second favorite, uh, third favorite performance. Obviously, obviously like Defoe, I think right mm. there is number two for me. I like to bring Tom Holland Defoe, and then Garfield. That might be a hot take. People love the phone in this movie, but I love I think dom Holland's the best work he's ever done. Emotional, heartfelt ending. Um the only reason also is like talking about the significance to the MCU. We got two characters that don't have further connections to the MCU. Uh and it's like okay, this is more like a tribute to Spider-Man than it is the MCU itself. So it's like Okay, when you look at like the God tier, you're thinking about the greatest works within the MCU. This one, it's like so much fan service, and you're right. Like what we talked about earlier, it's like the Doctor Strange impact of this. I don't love like Spider Man locking away Doctor Strange for an extended period of time in this movie. Like to me, that's kind of like weird. And I also don't love the uh, the beginning of this movie. There's like it seems like Spider Man movies in the MCU have an issue of being very cringy to start and like almost like it's almost like what I, what I imagine Captain Marvel to be on a regular basis. I mean, I'm not no Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah. That show, that show.
1: I think, yeah, I agree with that. And I think like, you know, you have like your, you know, your quarrels and I think COVID was a part of this. I'm thinking of Ned Leeds opening up the portals. Right. I think there's a few issues like that that are in this movie that I didn't particularly love. And if you're a gods, your movie, you don't make those mistakes
0: it's like a G-rated euphoria. Like when mm. those those movies But I like
1: the ending. I like the ending because they, you know, that was that took some balls. Like MJ balls.
0: also Zendaya, best performance she's had as MJ so far. Like that, like that easily. that was that was a heart wrenching ending, to be honest.
1: Easily, easily. All right. And now we get to this year. Multiverse of madness. I have it as a solid.
0: I'll tell you what, I, I'll just tell you now, I have Multiverse of Madness and Love and Thunder and Solid.
1: I did the same. I think these are both, for me, I had them both low 60s. I think they were solid, but the potential was there for both of them. They didn't t- tackle that, they didn't take advantage of that opportunity, but there's no way these are rejects. No, there's no way. Definitely
0: not. Like I was close to having Love and Thunder actually in the All Star realm. Just because of the Christian Bale aspect, but you're right, not in enough of the movie. It seems like it wants to be Ragnarok so bad, rather than being something different. And then Multiverse of Madness, like the second half when Raimi takes over, it becomes a totally different movie. It seems It seems like it's also obsessed with like just making, setting up the future of the MCU. I think like the multiverse MC- and everything like that.
1: I agree with that. Cameo filled, cameo cameo focused, or impact like uh, reliant. I would say I think that was a big part of that as well. But looking at our solid category, just to kind of read those off and then we'll go, I'll read the rest here. Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder. Sequel City. Except Ant-Man. That's what I was going to say. Is Ant-Man the worst origin movie? No. Black Widow, Captain Marvel, but like it's just interesting to see that it's just like we and our list is like we gave homage to like these team ups to the origins but then again like we have ant-man and solid black widow and captain
0: marvel that is so not memorable it's like you could just throw them to the side like you rather watch like the first iron man or like the iron man where he is the leader of the avengers arguably next to um, Steve Rogers. Like, you'd rather watch that than Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. Like, who just watches Iron Man 2? Who does that? Who's going to do it? Who just turns on Ant-Man and the Wasp? I get it was on Netflix, so maybe you did it then. But, look, for Love and Thunder, I will turn on again. I will reassess that movie. Uh, and then Multiverse of Madness, I have been tempted to watch that again, but I have not done so.
1: I haven't done it either. I think that makes it solid. Like, the rest of the movies, the all-stars, I – have revisited all of them including Shang-Chi I have revisited but I don't know if I'll do it again <laughs> but I do <laughs> but I've done it twice so I think that counts for something compared to the solids but let's go through them real quick God Tier five, five movies Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok Infinity War, Endgame Hall mm-hmm. of Fame we have six movies The Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War Homecoming, Black Panther No Way Home All Stars, we have seven movies. Thor, Captain America First Avenger, Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Far From Home, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Solid, we have six movies. Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder. Rejects, we have five movies. The Incredible Hulk, Dark World, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Eternals. Can I say this? I'm very confident in our rejects.
0: Yeah. No, I I think I'm very confident in this whole list. I, I you're gonna have people like argue Guardians of the Galaxy and No Way Home and Civil War, like anything people could argue Panther. any people will argue any of the Hall of Fames that go into God tier. Anyone you said Black Panther, yes, homecoming probably not, but like the rest of those people are gonna argue like God tier. There's gotta be some exclusive exclusivity at the top. We made that mistake with Pixar. Um we got to make it lonely at the top. It's hard to get there, right? They got a mountain to climb. And uh, I like how we had this because like every time we get a new MCU release, we got Connor Forever is the next MCU movie. Where is it going to fit in this tier? We can continuously update it. I think we did a great job.
1: One last question here, Doctor. If you had to take away one of our God tiers, which would you take away to the Hall of Fame?
0: Ragnarok. It's interesting. Like I I was thinking Iron Man to be honest. I was
1: thinking Iron Man. But I like think Ragnarok's better but Iron Man's so influential cuz it's the first yeah. and best performance Tony yeah. Stark probably Robert Downey Jr. Yes. So, are you allowed to take performance?
0: Yes. Like it's like to me like you, the only like, origin movie we have in the gods here. Yeah. Like uh, to me it's like it's just it's it's about it's all about it's about respect. That's what it's about. It's about respect. Like
1: Yeah. And to be honest, I've rewatched Ragnarok way not just because of your difference way more than Endgame. game because i think ragnarok is overall better movie but god dang it end game has to be in the gods here end
0: longer and if it's like such a time it's it's such an investment if i'm watching that like i feel i i like to do a double feature personally if i'm like snowed in i'll watch infinity war the Endgame. that's like I, I feel weird if i just watch end game you know i gotta mm-hmm. watch infinity war and then i watch it you know double feature or i do back-to-back nights or something i find when i go to the God here the movie I find myself watching, I don't have cable, right? The movie I put on more than any other one is Infinity War.
1: Yeah, and same with me Infinity War is my number one always. I, I don't know if that will ever be Eclipse. Infinity War
0: is and there, almost perfection. And there's always moments where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna rewatch every MCU movie. And uh, where do you start? Iron Man. Since a lot of times I watch Iron Man, just like re- literally,
1: man. it's The Dark Knight and then Infinity War for superhero movies for me. That's how much I love that movie.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm in the same boat. And the Guardians of the Galaxy, it was, no. took a
1: lot for me to not put him in the God tier.
0: took a lot. Proud of you.
1: Man of integrity.
0: All right. That's going to do it for our Tears of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's going to do it for our episode. A long one for you folks. Hope you stayed all the way through. Make sure you're following wherever you're listening right now. And make sure you follow us on social media. Whether you're, uh, Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got some great graphics from Ricky Flex, great clips from Dr. O. And we got our YouTube pumping right now. Make sure you're staying tuned. You subscribe to the tube. Uh, yeah, make sure uh, So later this week, we're going to do recaps For the boys finale, all right And we're also going to recap Stranger Things We also have the checkup this week Okay, a lot of things to get to Right, coming off 4th July weekend We only had a one episode week last week We're back on the grind and we're here For all you listeners That's going to do it for episode 123 uh, For Dr. L and Ricky Flicks Until next time We will Smell ya Right, the Paris light did its best to please us And strolling down the other
1: side, We had a drink in each cafe